It's time to tell 2020 to go fuck off as we are going to be giving you a goodbye 2020 here on Kicking Out at 2. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, my my co-pilot in this this journey here of nostalgic pro wrestling, my, my good friend, uh, Dennis J. Levy. What's up, buddy? Chilling. Dave, always a pleasure. That, that, uh, I normally look very forward to our podcast. This one, maybe not so much. <laughs> but anyway... This is what we what we do for the listening audience of Chicken Out of Tune. That's right. Uh, I do it for you know the audience as well as you know us ourselves. You know, try to entertain ourselves. Uh, you know, recently on social media, I put a poll out there and uh, I said, if 2020 was a shitty wrestling pay per view in history, what would it be? And I got some interesting choices. And uh, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna end this shitty year. Uh, on on a shittier note, by watching uh, one of the worst wrestling pay per views in history. Which one is that? Well, we're gonna randomly right. choose it. I lost my figures. No new blood rising. <laughs> no, no new blood rising. All right. Well, that's my one. I'm, so, I'm so that's one of the choices. I on bet here. it was. Yeah, New Blood Rising from 2000, WCW, uh, WCW Sin, 2001, WCW Greed, the very last pay-per-view event in history in 2001. I kind of wanted, actually, I'm cheering for that one. You're cheering I, for that? I, I'm pretty sure I never saw it. You never saw it? And, and You and, might never want to see it after if it wins. Watch it once, I could say I saw the last pay-per-view. Um, King of the Ring, 1995, uh, Starcade 1997, and Halloween Havoc, 1998. Um, there were also a couple different choices on Twitter. One, one, uh, one listener chose the ECW December to Dismember pay-per-view, and for those of you that follow this podcast... I did a recap of that show. I watched it by myself. Um, I'm surprised I was still alive after that. Uh, so I said, you know what? I'm definitely not going to watch that again. I'm not going to torture any of you through that because I said that was probably one of the worst pay-per-views in history. Um, and then someone else put a choice up of the Over the Edge 1999 pay-per-view, and that was the night that Owen Hart died. And I was like, you know what? That's probably not a good idea to watch that one either. So um, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I got a shoebox full of these choices, and uh, I'm going to shake the box up, and Dennis is going to randomly pick out which show we're going to watch to close out 2020 here on Kicking Out at 2. Um, and uh, so uh, here we go. Let's. Uh, yep, that's the shoebox with all the choices. So, Dennis, I'm going to let you choose all right. randomly. Here, you're, you're the host. Oh, you want me to open it? Yeah, you're All the right, host. So you pulled it out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna open it. And for our 2020 goodbye watch along, we are going to watch WCW Starcade 1997, headlined by Sting and Hogan for the world title. See, I, I, people shit on that. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but but yeah. Okay, yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm trying to justify. I'll give that. you another. I'll, if you don't want to watch it, no, no, can, no, 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 no. No, I'm no, serious. No, 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 no. This was, this was, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? This was audience uh, participated. participated. Yep, yep. That, that, that's the one we're gonna watch. Okay. I'm just, I'm not. You no, know, the thing was, I was trying to justify it not being such a shitty thing. When I'm just like, yeah, no, we're in for a long haul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while we go find Starcade 1997. Um, you go to WWE Network, hopefully you're logged in, you're going to scroll down to the bar on the left and you're going to click on the in-ring section. When you click on the in-ring section, you're going to scroll down to the WCW portion 
and then you're going to click on WCW pay-per-views. And when you click on WCW pay-per-views, you can scroll by either the name of the event or the year. So it's easier to scroll by the year. So 1997, it pops up right there from December the 28th, 1997. It's two hours, 42 minutes, and 55 seconds. Uh, Starcade 1997. Um, I'm going to... Uh, Get it queued up, ready to go for you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, when we're talking about 2020 here, while, while you guys are getting that, you know, all set up, when we're talking about 2020 here, overall in general, not just in wrestling, but overall in general, it's been a shit year. Has it not? I agree with that. Okay. It's been a shit year. Everyone says, can't wait till 2021. You know, can't wait to not wear a mask. Can't wait till we can get the world back to normal. I'm not even sure if we're going to have that sort of normalcy going into 2021. Um, I think 2021 will be a hopefully a lighter toned down version of 2020. But it really can't get any worse. I mean, like, part uh, uh, you know, no, uh, maybe nuclear holocaust and <laughs> volcanoes and you know and yeah. dinosaurs, whatever. Who the but, fuck knows? Yeah, that that uh, it can't get any. Worse. Let's just put it this way: 2020 did zero jobs this year. Okay, 2020 had creative control of their of of their Absolutely. booking. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like they they really did. Um. You know, we had a pandemic, a lot of deaths in, involved in the pandemic. Um, we had a racial. We have. We, we continue to have racial divide in our country. The the the, the political system has, has has gotten out of control. Um, and you know, whether whichever side of the aisle you're on, that's what it is. Um, wrestling world kind of had to adapt and change to this pandemic with uh, no audience participation to very limited audience participation. It's just been a lot of um how do you put it uh you know a, a lot of a change and adjusting to do um and 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 being you know very quick to adjusting to to life itself in in the year 2020 because of the pandemic it just changed everything up so um like i said if there was a wrestling pay-per-view that was one of the worst ever and you could describe that as what 2020 the year 2020 is Dennis chose it. It's Starcade 1997, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we go along here, um, in our uh, in, in our uh, you know our recording here. But if uh, you know on social media, if you guys have found any positives when it comes to pro wrestling in the year 2020, then name them off on I'll, our. Uh, I'll name you one right right off. Okay, the let's bat. do. Let's Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Finn Balor. Kyle O'Reilly, Finn was, Balor from that, Takeover. That, okay, for me. Uh, that uh, like I said, I got a, I got a memory of a goldfish, but that for me, I would say that's the best match of the year. Okay, yeah, but, I mean, I got some great memories too. You know, when it talks about the positive stuff in pro wrestling, I think like the the, the Roman Reigns heel turn has been pretty successful. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, I, and I'm no guy that loves to shit on Roman Reigns. I can't shit on this. Yeah, I really can't. This version of him has been pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think there's been some good stuff creatively that they've been forced to to do. Roman, the Roman Reigns heel turn being one of them. There's been some stuff with AEW that's been positive. Um, I think the way that they embraced the pandemic and how they presented their programming yeah. and not ignored what's been going on in the outside world, outside of wrestling, I should say. Um, I think they did a pretty good job of that. Um, there's been highs and lows. Um, Edge returning for me was like a big deal because I was a big good. Edge yeah, guy. We always forget that that there was there was a uh, the, pre-COVID audience. Yeah, the Royal Rumble yeah. when he returned at the Royal Rumble in the in the baseball stadium, it was a huge deal. Um, and then the the 
the the Boneyard match and the Firefly yeah, Funhouse matches, good, you know, yeah. from WrestleMania were really good. Some of the some of the cinematic stuff was you know thumbs up, and some of it was eh. Um, but you know, uh, overall, you know, we, we we got through the year. We're here. Uh, we're we're nearing its end, and uh, you know, I look forward to going back and watching this event because. This event was a big deal in my household. This was a culmination of 18 months of a story between Sting and the NWO. And Sting was finally going to return. He was going to get his hands on the top dog in the NWO, Hollywood Hogan, for the world title. So um, this was a this was a big deal. We ordered this pay-per-view as kids. And uh, we, we were, you know, begged our parents. We didn't get pay-per-view a lot. But this was one of those where... I think me and my brothers all got together and we were like, you know, let's ask mom and dad if we can get a, you know, star yeah. paid. Like, this is the one we got to get. Like, Sting's returning. He's wrestling Hogan for the title. This is the big deal. It was, you know, WCW's WrestleMania. So, um, I remember this fondly. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to watching this. And there's a lot of, you know, in hindsight, when you look back on it, um, there's a lot of ick on this pay-per-view. A lot, a lot of 2020 on this pay-per-view. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and discuss and dissect and uh, have a ball with it. So uh, two hours, 42 minutes. Um, Starcade 1997. Uh, when I say 3-2-1 hit play, you'll hit play. And from time to time, I might jack the audio up. Um, and, uh, you know, um, so you guys can follow along. Uh, if there's a promo or a particular spot at some point, I'll... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to track it and, you know, audio will be up on my end. So without further ado, in five, four, three, two, one, hit play. And we open here with the video montage. This was pretty cool. Stings, you know, in, in the in the in the abandoned building with oh, yeah. the rain and, you know, Hogan and. The, the the story in the backdrop. Um, they really did a good job of, um, like, we all know this is like a Crow ripoff, you know? But yep. They did a, good, a damn good job with it. Yeah, they did. They did a, They did an excellent job with, with reinventing him. Um, Scott Hall gets a lot of credit for that because he was the one that kind of proposed the idea of Sting changing his look up. It's very similar to the, the Crow uh, movie, uh, which starred Brandon Lee at the time. I mean... Every kid that was a loner or an outcast that had long hair dressed up like the Crow or dressed up like Sting after this. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was the Crow version of Sting for Halloween. Yeah. Um, of course, then Columbine happened. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, the yeah Columbine a couple years later and it turned into... Uh, uh, you know. And then you... It, it's, it's, it's sad and fun. I was going to use the terminology funny, but... That um, trench coats went from like looking badass to a freak in a New York man. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. I think that was one of the reasons why Sting stopped adopting the the trench coat for a little, for a brief period of time. He brought it back, but um, like a sold out building, Washington D.C. MCI Center around the holidays. All these poor people. They only knew what they were getting. But you know, look how look at this here. So it's such a big deal this event that they had. I, I thought this was a great touch on WCW's part. This was such a big deal uh, with this event that they had the wrestlers sitting in the audience 
because they wanted to see what was going to happen with Sting and nice Hogan. Touch. You That's know what I mean? Really nice it touch. was important that the locker room was there to witness yeah. it, not just sitting in the back watching, but to be out there with the audience. I thought that was cool. I thought that really added a nice touch, and it will go later as, as, as the night goes on. They'll, they'll have plenty of shots here. Uh, Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and the American Dream Dusty Rose, baby, on the, on the call for uh, WCW Starcade. 1997. Um, right, off the, right off the bat, I got a question for you. Yeah, let's do so, it. So, so we saw Ray Mysterio, of course, in, in the Starcade watching. And there's Harlem, Harlem Heat and Sonny Ono. Can you name, like, like, I think, I'm trying to think of like matches. Where, like disco. Where, 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 where WWF especially, where if they did that, that could have been like a extra... Like cherry on the Sunday, like like one that comes to mind: Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Like you had the whole, like, you had like the one at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. Entire, you're seeing like like all these Triple H, and you're seeing like all these other wrestlers like watch, or even if they're at the, watch, the top of the ramp. Yeah, yeah, that no, that would have been. Yeah, I I thought that would have definitely added to the moment. Um, but at the same time, it could be seen as a distraction too. That's true. But granted. Two performers like Sean. And it's gonna be too obvious what happens too. But granted, everyone knew. Everyone knew that. Flair was getting yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, you're right. But two performers like Flair and Michaels, they could make it work. Yeah. I think, personally, in my opinion, they could definitely make it work. Um Yeah, I mean I I thought that was a a great touch, really added to the importance of the event. Uh and they weren't like in their gimmicks, like they were in their street clothes, like normal, you know, sitting with the fans and you know, obviously Rey Mysterio wore his mask because that was part of the deal, but um all the other guys were out there as spectators because they wanted to see what was gonna take place. The future of the company, I guess you could say, was up for grabs um with a number of matches. Not just Sting and Hogan, but one you know, Eric Bischoff wrestled on this show against Larry Zabisco. That's right. With Bret Hart as the guest referee, which we'll we'll, we'll touch on that later. Um, there was so much at stake. A lot of big matches were set to culminate at this show, and for whatever reason, um, they didn't. Um, this everything that you thought was going to happen didn't happen on this card, um, and that's why a lot of people consider this show to be one of the worst pay-per-views in wrestling history that guy's jacked holy yeah. shit he looks like he could join the nwo with those muscles man Whew. who we got here oh there he is your boy for you know predicted world champion right there yeah uh, i would give him a, a run i would have dean malenko this match here scheduled to be for the cruiserweight championship against eddie guerrero to open up starcade um you know, we, so we talked about something like the problems for like Dean Malenko and one of our podcasts about like you know the Hanukkah podcast when I said when I said I would give Dean Malenko the world championship. Mm-hmm. Now look at Ed, Ed, Eddie Guerrero, like body type wise and height wise and all that stuff. They're not too far apart. Um, height wise, no. Guerrero's a little bit more cut than uh, than. Uh... Than, than Eddie Guerrero, or I'm sorry, than uh, Malenko. He's got a little bit more definition in his body, but um, he's also got a little bit more charisma, too. He's uh, he's definitely, um, definitely, definitely connects more with yeah, the audience. I guess that's, 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 that's fair. The you last know? statement is definitely fair. You know, um, 
Yeah, Guerrero, this was when he was really starting to come into his own as a character and even as a performer in WCW. Um, he had had that great classic with Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc a few months prior to this where he um, he lost the Cruiserweight title. He'd end up getting it back, but uh, he would go on to like really like take over the Cruiserweight division. Oh, these, these people are getting into it here. Yeah. It's a, it's a fired up crowd. Yeah. That was an important night. I mean, like I said, this was this was a big deal. You know, end of the year 1997. 97 was an interesting year in wrestling in general. Uh, you saw a lot of a lot of breakout performances and a lot of controversial things take place in 97. And this event was very controversial, yeah. to say the least. I like how Eddie's just, you know, kind of pushing the rep. <laughs> oh, there we go. Look at that cheating tactic. That was a pretty good I just recently listened to, um, or I read a review of the uh, JBL's interview on Corey Graves' podcast, and he was talking about how it wasn't if it wasn't for Eddie Guerrero, that JBL probably would have been dead in the water, and that Guerrero really pushed hard to make JBL into a star. Um, I think that's a good point. In the in the beginning, it. W- it was difficult to get JBL over and be seen as a main event player. He was very vanilla. He was in the beginning. Um, and Guerrero would pitch all these different ideas. And one of the ideas that he pitched that, um, that, 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 that JBL was very nervous to, to, to do was there was a promo that JBL cut. And, um, oh, with the, uh, the Mexicans. No, not that one. Right. But there was a promo he cut where he had said something that um, my Eddie Guerrero's ancestors came over here on an inner tube, implying that they were illegal immigrants and they snuck into the country on a boat and that whole negative connotation behind that. And um, they were in like a very Latin populated market in a city. I forget where it was. And JBL said something to him about like, you're trying to get me killed? And Guerrero's like, no, man, they're going to love it, S.A. And, you know, he was just kind of going back and forth with them. And then Guerrero was the one that came up with the idea. Do you remember when they did the heart attack angle with Eddie's mother yeah. at the house show? Yeah. And JBL just kind of, like, went up to her and grabbed her by the arm. And then, like, she, like, she, she, it appeared that she, you know, in storyline that she was having a heart attack. Well, it turned out all the stress from all of that, she had a mild heart attack that night in the ring. Really? Yeah. What, so what they wanted it to appear that she was that she was having a heart attack, but in real life she actually did have a mild heart attack um, in the ring, and that angle right there was what made JBL into a, a a main event guy, at least in his opinion. He felt because Eddie Guerrero pitched the idea to him. I mean, it's hard to disagree. Yeah, talking about heart attack. So how scary was it when you know Eddie that that, that SmackDown? Jeez, Louise. Which one? I'm trying to think what match it was. It was, it was a tag match. And, like, that could not have been a work. When, when, where he uh, he probably had a heart attack or something. Or was, was it when he passed out and it was after that match he had with JBL with all the blood loss? No, he got pinned and everything. Really? I, it, it was like... I'm trying, to think it was, I'm trying to think what match it was. It was definitely SmackDown. I don't know. And, that, 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 uh, and, and he... His eyes are still open, but... But he, I remember he just, that. That was so scary. I remember that. I, I was at so he had the pay per view match with JBL where they both bled buckets. Yeah. Right? 
So Guerrero had to go to the hospital that, that, that look, was, that, legit because he lost a lot of blood. Yeah. And then he, he came back and, you know, went to TV a couple of days later. They had the TV taping. And so they played off of the the blood loss on TV. And I remember, like, he passed out. Like, they made it appear like he passed out. But he did such a good job that he looked like he was that was a, That was a work? That was a work. Total work. Wow. Yeah, total work. That might be the best best of all time. I... I, 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 I remember break. that match. I remember someone it was like a tag him. team match, like yeah, Booker some, T or something. Someone pinned him, and I go, you piece of shit, don't touch him. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. I, I'm stunned. Yeah. I got to rewatch that match. I, I, if I died today, I would have thought that was a shoot. Yeah, it was a work. That's wow. from what, the best of my knowledge. Yeah. And that was all. They, they used the, the, the blood loss from the pay-per-view a couple nights prior to, to why he passed out. All right. They didn't go further after that. Once he, like... I think they had him off TV for a couple weeks, and then he came back, and he was, you know, back to normal. But they didn't go too far with it, um, probably because it was just so damn controversial. Um, just like the, just the way they did it, because eyes were open, and, and I don't know. Yeah. Do you think if he would faint it or whatever? He would, his eyes would be closed. Yeah, yeah. No, it looked it looked pretty scary. I'm I'm with you there. I, I you could you could borderline, you know, well, make good the for argument. Eddie. That, but that, oh, he was he was a performer, man. He was a star. Absolutely. He That'd be the first star. one I'll admit when he first won the championship. I shit it on it. Really? I'm like, what the fuck? I loved I, it. I, I was a big Brock Lesnar fan. Okay. So I was a big Brock Lesnar fan. And, and I never really liked, uh, if you listen to Hanukkah podcast, I never liked Goldberg. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I was disappointed how he lost. The finish? I, yeah, I wish, 2020 hindsight, I wish Goldberg never got involved. Just I Guerrero think, beat him clean? Yeah, beat him clean. It, it maybe excuse was to have Goldberg on the mind, whatever you know what I mean, and or he, have Goldberg like an audience wave to him, and like now he's unfocused, you know. Yeah. I don't have him like Guerrero sneaks a roll up yeah. or something. Yeah. Eh. I don't know. It didn't do. It didn't. It, it didn't. I know it was a great moment. And yeah. I'm just nitpicking. I, I don't it didn't know. hurt me either way. It didn't. It didn't really have much of an effect. Me either way. It's kind of like another like for example, but like when it comes to like I wish an interference didn't happen. Looking back. Uh, Edge, Edge Edge interfering when it was um, RVD versus John Cena. I recently saw that match. I love oh, that Oh, the match. one night stand match. It would have been so much better if, if Edge did not, not spear him. I thought that spear brought nothing to the table. It just protected John Cena. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I, I think just sometimes just, just, just how's the guy win clean? If you want the, the title on the guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... When you win a title... With, with help, it's just my opinion. It just doesn't legit it doesn't legitimize you as the champion. Well, it it also has to depend on the story too. You know, you got to take that into account. If it makes sense, I don't have a problem with it. But if it's done because they want to protect guys, or or you know, they don't want this guy to lose in a certain way, like you know, they think that they're gonna kill someone off by having someone lose clean. Like then there's an issue. You know. Then, then it becomes an issue. I, I think it all, like I said, it really has to depend on the actual story itself. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think that, uh, um, I don't think it's meant, you know, or necessary all the time. But uh, I, I, I think if it's done right and correctly and makes sense, then it, it helps the story. Um, but a running for the sake of the running, yeah. It, it you know, you got to win, you got to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's got to be winners and losers. You know, not everyone can fucking win. Not everyone can lose. You know, if you do it right, 
But if you doesn't want, hurt the guy. But if you want the guy to drop the title and give it to the other guy, I just I mean, I, unless you're a heel. If you're a heel, win any way possible. But when a face wins the championship with, with she can't, with, you know, with uh, with, with shenanigans, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. That 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 I just don't think you're a worthy champion. That that that. Uh, but anyway, that's just me. That that. Uh, so we're, of course we're watching uh, uh, Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. It just hit me like a sack of potatoes. Yep. So I know I want Dean Malenko to be my champion someday. Yeah. Well, let's just say that I only get I I, I you know I'm uh, I, I'm trying to you you know enhance you know, Dean Malenko's career or whatever, and people say no 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 no. So I got a different idea now. Kind of like the opposite. Okay. So probably ruin his career, but make him a lot of money doing it. What does Dean Malenko kind of look like? Like your dad, right? Well, not my dad, but well, I'm he just looks saying, like no, a regular... The face and everything, right? They didn't kind of look like like a dad. Yeah. So, so, so I'm gonna have like um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a uh, what 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 you call it when you have a a guy that's like I, I got a plant. I got a plant guy in the audience. Out of the sign, it yeah. goes. It goes. My dad. My dad could beat up Dean Malenko, right? How a whole bunch of them, like. Like, like science, like like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he sees it, he rips it up, right? Yep. So now, uh, next week I have another plant. My dad could beat up, beat up Dean Malenko, rips up the sign, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so that so then the third week we have another guy. My my dad could, could beat up you. This time he goes, gets the mic, like 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 he beats the guy whoever whoever's in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Beats that guy up. Then he gets in the mic. He goes. Yeah, you your dad can beat up me. Gets that dad, of course, he kicks the shit out of him. So now we're gonna have the op- the, 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 the the dad, the wrestling dad, open into uh, 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 you know <laughs> invitational. <laughs> where, where, where yeah, you really Demon are killing Linko, his career. <laughs> Demon Linko is gonna beat the shit out of out of the audience's dad. Yeah, you, know you really mean? are killing his career. Holy what do you mean? Why do you have that though? What what's the end game? There is not. It's just. It's just. Then, then you. Yeah. Then there's. Then there's no point in it. Yeah, right? I guess so. I just thought it'd be funny though. That have the. Uh, have them beat up. Beat up dads. Wrestling. Beat up dads, dads in the audience. Yeah. 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 You, yeah, you just about killed Dean Malenko. Okay. Okay. So you're a dad, right? Yes. They're just. They're just. So. So. That. Uh, that. Uh, so your kid. Cause, cause, you know, kind of, kind of picks up a fight and he goes, "My dad can beat up you, whatever." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you back down, you look like a pussy. But if you set it, you're probably gonna get your ass kicked. It's like a lose lose. So, so the dads have to fight. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice work here by Guerrero with the the the, the knee. Why would this be as a disqualification if he's gonna use the stairs? Yeah, I never understood that. Like when you went outside in the ring, you used a weapon on the outside of the ring. Like you, like you were. You were disqualified, you know. Yeah, I, I still get that it. was my interpretation of yeah. it. You're disqualified. And how about like in was well, like th- for three years, like you can just uh, in WCW you can just punch guys in the dick. Yep. That was crazy. oh yeah, that was during the Russo era when there was no rules. There was no rules. I remember when when they brought Russo with Bischoff and they had them on TV. You see Ultimo Dragon. Chris Adams, the late Chris Adams, Greg Valentine, Barry Darsow. 
Um, Who's that guy next to uh, Ultimate Dragon? Kind of looked like the guy... Um, Chris, gentleman Chris Adams from uh, World Class. Really? Yeah. You know, he you had know a brief this... run in WCW. You saw Bloodsport, right? No. Oh my God! You never saw Bloodsport? Oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the um the Josh Barnett's uh no no wrestling no. promotion. Yeah, no. Rob oh, Van yeah. Damme. oh, oh, John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've but anyway, yeah. Uh, generally, Chris Adams looked exactly like the um, uh, Van Damme's character. Not Van Damme's character. No, absolutely not. But the uh, the guy that helped him out with the glasses and like uh the Asian guy. Yeah, the Asian guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Looked exactly like him. I'm okay. Like, oh, I thought it was him for a second. I'm yeah. Like, I mean, did he get into the wrestling game? Good for him. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I really thought that was him for a second. Nice move there by Malenko. Yeah. What, what 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 would you call that move? Um, what would you call that move? I would say that was like a um like reverse power bomb or something. Like a release German suplex of some sort. Oh, it looked pretty sweet. Yeah. Elevated German suplex. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say elevated German suplex. Oh, nice backbreaker. That was a nice little tilt-the-world backbreaker by Malenko. Have you seen their stuff in ECW, these two? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I would, I, I'd definitely say their w, the WCW stuff is better. but Really? Okay. But see, people get this. I don't know. What's your opinion? I've se- I, I only saw one match with them. Um, I think it was the farewell match before they both went to WCW, and I thought it was a really good match. Um it's been a long time since I've seen this match. This has been a good match so far Definitely. between the two. So um, we're getting a false sense of security. This could be, uh, I call it the, uh, um, uh, what, what was that? Uh, WWF, ACW uh, pay-per-view again. Dismember. One night sti- or dis- uh, December to December. Yeah, thank you. That, yeah. I, I think I'm getting that syndrome when, when it's like, you saw that open match, like, wow, this is going to be a good, this is going to be good. Not so much. I think this is pretty much it, huh? Um, not necessarily. There's been, there's, there's some decent stuff on here. I just think, that was interesting. Oh, what would you call that? A a face buster? I guess, yeah, but Malenko didn't go down with him. Like, they weren't, like, you know, connected. Um, I think what makes this a 2020 pay-per-view is the, the hype being so big and them not being able to deliver. Overall, yeah. Um, like I said, there were so many different other matches that were supposed to like. There was there was a lot of impromptuness of this pay per view. A nice power bomb by Malenko. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and just you know, certain guys in certain roles. Um, they were supposed to be part of this uh, this show that that for whatever reason they weren't. Um, which I'll get into that in a minute. That's kind of, that was funny. That, uh... Guerrero up. Oh, looks like he slipped off the top rope Definitely. there. Didn't get all of that drop kick. Oh, he's got to show it to the world that he can do it. I think it's the frog splash here. Oh, you're right. This might be the finish. Yeah, I think this is it. One, two, three... Still, cruiserweight champion Eddie Guerrero. Crowd pop big for that. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, I mean, these two have worked well 
We got a sign. Hogan is older than dirt. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good way to kick off this Starcade event. Yeah, that was a fun little match. I I remember being so excited for this show, Dennis, that um, when uh, I forgot to buy a blank tape because I was going to record it on VHS, and so I missed the first couple of matches until we allowed to do that. Yeah, I never. I don't know. Someone was trying to explain to me. That that I don't know maybe maybe you can uh, debunk a uh, a a a a rumor that, that anyway is there a way that 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 you couldn't record some of the in the uh, beginning I think with pay per view you weren't able to because in the beginning with pay per view you had um, you had to get the box from the cable company you had to go pick it up and then you had to hook it up to your TV. In order to... That's for cable in general, isn't it? Well, well no. For just for the pay-per-view. There was a special box just for pay-per-views. Really? Yeah. So you had to go to the cable. If you were going to order, you call them up, you order, and they say, okay, you can get, you know, Starcade. And then you'd have to go pick up the box. And you go to pick up the box, and it would hook up to your TV. But... Then they, you had to, like, return it back to them? Yeah, you had to re- wow, you return it back the to them. So, like, when the anyways. show would end, the box would turn off. Yeah. And then you'd go back to your regular, you know, cable. And the 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 pay per view boxes, they wouldn't have a hookup that would hook up the box to the back of the VCR. Then, as pay per view evolved and grew, you were able to record off of your box okay. from the VCR. They had a mechanism where you could hook up a cord and go from one end of the box to the back of the VCR. Then, when it became digital cable, where you ordered off the TV, it was just it didn't make a difference. You could still record. This was during the digital cable era, this this event here, Starcade. So um, I had forgotten to get a VHS tape, and um, I remember scrambling after realizing it. I was like, wait a minute, I didn't record this. And so we luckily had a spare blank tape in the house, and you had to set your VCR a certain way so that you can record the whole thing. Otherwise, because those tapes were only like three hours. So you had to set your VCR a certain way so that you could record the whole thing. So I ended up only getting half of the show on VHS. Um, This here, Scott Hall cutting a promo because originally it was scheduled to be Kevin Nash against the Giant in in a big man battle. And allegedly behind the scenes... Kevin Nash was suffering some heart issues and he couldn't make it. The rumor is, is that he didn't want to do the job to, to, to Giant and that's why he didn't show up. So they set this promo up here for Scott Hall to come out and explain Nash's absence. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's play the audio for this. That being in D.C. for the holidays is just too sweet. And NWO's glad to be here. And you might have heard by now that we're taking a little survey. It's real, real simple. We want to know if you're with us. Or 
if you're against us. There you go. So, how many people here in D.C. came to see WCW? <laughs> now, how many people here in D.C. came to see the... Hollywood beat up Sting, so <laughs> he's wrong. And nobody, nobody is more interested in that match than me, because at Super Brawl, Scott Hall wrestles the winner. Lucky me. Okay, now for some bad news. The true giant, the 610 genetic marvel, and my big buddy, one half of the real tag team champions, Big Kevin Nash. Hey, hear me out. Big Kevin Nash is not going to be here tonight. So what's the reason here? Yeah. Hey, he told me if you had a problem with it, that you could meet him down there. Down there. <laughs> down where, you ask? You know where. So anyway, where's the referee? Get somebody out here and tell that big goof that he won a giant, a freaking goof. You just tell everybody that you won, okay? <laughs> that was pretty good. So allegedly, Nash didn't want to do the job, and that's what happened. But, you know, I don't know how true that is. I've heard other stories saying that he did have a legitimate issue with um, um, some heart issues. Uh, but uh, I, I honestly don't know. I couldn't really... But that was that was one of the big disappointments of this card was that that match was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be this battle of these big guys, and uh, it didn't happen. So, so in in wrestling storyline, you know better than me. Okay. That that that. Uh, when did uh, Kevin Nash break uh, the Giant's neck? Following this, this the next month. Okay. When he did that power bomb. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty vicious. That was pretty vicious. No, I'm just saying though, it was supposed to be fifty fifty booking then. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. You you want to go YouTube um, something? YouTube uh, uh, Kevin Nash powerbombing the giant, and you'll get more than one video. You'll get the one that you're referring to when he dropped him on his neck and hurt his neck, but you also get the the one that took place a year prior at Super Brawl 
when Nash fucking hoisted him up and he literally like he power bombed him. Like, really, legit. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, Giant and Luger against the Outsiders, Super Brawl Seven, I believe it is. Super Brawl Seven, yeah, from the Cow Palace wow. tag team title match, and Nash hoists him up and Giant he launches him. I mean, he got help from Giant. Don't get me wrong, Nash didn't do that on his own, but it was huge. It was a huge deal, and then. So he did the the next one where he dropped him on his head. And I don't remember if that was supposed to be part of the story or if he did it by accident and then they turned it into a story. But that was that was that that was what came of it. Because that was a legit injury. I think right? it was. It had to be dude. I think it, yeah, I mean he slipped and he he fucking planted him. Just like giant planting hall here now. I always like Scuttle. Oh he sold he sold real well. He was great. He was great. He wasn't on this card wrestling, but, you know, he did this, and then he'll come out later with Bischoff for the match with uh, Zabisco. Oh, wait, he's going to he's gonna jackknife him. If he stayed, I'm talking about Scott Hall now, if he stayed in WWF, do you think he would have been the champion? If he stayed sober, I think he could have been. Yeah, I think he could have been. I did a, I did a, a, a podcast recently, a number of months back, regarding that topic. Um, I talked about it. You can find the archives. It's in uh, the Day 5 Fanny Pack. I forget which one it is. And uh, I talked about that. Like, I mean, talent-wise, he was... I, I, I always remember as a teenager, as a youngster, I was like, why isn't Razor Ramon wrestling for the WWF title? Like, he's been right, the Intercontinental Champion five times. Why does he? Why isn't he wrestling for the WWF title, you know? I used to be baffled at it. And um, now uh, I feel like because he had so many personal issues that that prevented. There's two reasons, I think. One, he had so many personal issues, I think, that they didn't trust him in that position. And two, he was such an anchor in the mid-card, especially with the Intercontinental Championship. He was like what many consider Jake the Snake was. He was so over, he didn't need the belt. and That's a good point. He helped guys get to the next level to work with the top guys. You know what I mean? Look at this one we got here. We got NWO, Scott Norton. What's that, Vincent? Vincent, Virgil, Mike Jones, Meat Sauce Mafia. Helping Scott Hall back. <laughs> he cracks me up, Scott Hall. Yeah. All right, he did a great job selling that. I mean, just in general. But yeah, I think um, I think he was so good that like he didn't need the belt. And if they did think about putting the belt on him, was because and why they didn't was probably because they couldn't trust him. They couldn't trust that he was you know gonna keep keep it straight. Uh, oh, what's this here? They're back. <laughs> they got a tag team. Yeah, they got a match. This this is an impromptu match, I believe. Um, all right, so now I have a rebuttal uh, question for you. Okay. Vincent stays in the WWF as Virgil. Could he have been a mid-card champion? No. No? He was just a jobber? Closest he could have been is working with someone in the tag team. Actually, you know what? Fuck that. He would have been a jobber. Yeah? Yeah, he would have been a jobber. I can't believe... I mean, it's got... I'm a huge Million Dollar Man fan, so maybe this is... Maybe being biased, but I can't believe they gave him the million dollar belt. I was so mad at that. I liked it, not because I was a Virgil fan, but because of the story. Like 
he had been getting abused by DiBiase for such a long time. DiBiase had to get some sort of fucking, you know, comeuppance. And Virgil was the guy to do it. You know? Virgil had the endorsement of Roddy Piper. Wait, we went from headlining WrestleMania 4 to losing to Virgil. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was... that. that was, speaking of DiBiase, look here. Oh, there he is. Steiner Brothers with DiBiase and Ray Trailer. Did not like Babyface DiBiase that is as a funny manager. Then now Virgil is, is Virgil wrestling or is he a manager in this one? He's wrestling. Okay. So this is like a this is a six man tag team match. The Steiners and Ray Trailer against the NWO here, but there's only two members of the NWO. It's going to turn out it'll be Macho Man Randy Savage as the third guy. One of the reasons why. They put Savage in this match was because Savage, I believe, in the the story I've heard over the years, Savage, I believe, was not booked on this card, and he was like, "What the fuck? You know, I'm not on the card." Like it was the biggest event in WCW at that yeah. point. I'm not on this show. You're not putting me on here, and so they throw him in this tag match to tag with Norton and uh, and uh, and Virgil Vincent over here. Against the Steiners and Ray Trailer, and then I think too there was an issue with the finish that involved Savage somehow, like Savage wasn't going to take the pin or something like that. It was some fucking story I heard years ago, but yeah, Savage went to management and was like, you, "I'm not on this card. You don't have anything for me." And so then they went to appease him because he was a top guy. And I'm gonna have Savage versus uh, um, the Giant at this point. I know, right? They could have put that out there. Ooh, holy moly! Miss Elizabeth, I know she's passed on, but man, she's a fucking smoke. She's yeah, beautiful. Definitely. Oh my goodness. What do you think? She's probably like forty right now. In that at, at that stage, yeah. late thirties, early forties, maybe. I think she died in 03. So I forget how old she was when she died. I'll look it up right now. But man, she was freaking gorgeous. She was gorgeous. She was my first. Celebrity crush I ever had. Mine too. As maybe. a kid, mine too. Maybe she was, man. I mean, she was great. She she was classy as Miss Elizabeth. But then when she went to WCW and they they put her in the NWO and she come out with that like I was like, oh man, she's a little hottie. I remember they they one of the pay per views they did with the when they used to do the um the motorcycle th- theme out in Sturgis. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she came out one year with Hogan, and she had, like, the little biker outfit on. I was like, oh, my fucking goodness. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. All right, let me look this shit up right now. Miss Elizabeth. I'm going to say Miss Elizabeth. She died May 1st, 2012. 2003, when I say 2012. Um, she was 42 when she died. Okay. So... You go back. Wow, she was really You go back young. four years. She was only thirty-eight. Right? Am I mistaken? Thirty-eight. Yeah. When this was going on. Ooh. Yeah, she's just she's gorgeous. She she really was. Absolutely. She really was. That makes me think too. Like she was like, her, what mid twenties during like the. Uh, Savage Hogan feud and all that other stuff. Yeah. She was, yeah, she was young. See, I would have pegged her for being like 40 here. You know what I mean? 40, 41. She died at 42. 
That's really sad when you when you think about it too. Was, yeah, that was a rough one. I, I don't, I don't get, too, I don't get too emotional about wrestling deaths, uh, but there's probably I can count on one hand like the amount of times I've, I've. We feel like she's like an innocent one though. Yeah, you know I mean, she didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was upset when she passed. I was upset when Randy passed because I wanted Savage to have that like comeback moment like in WWF at yeah. the Hall of Fame. You know, WWE. He didn't get to have that. I, I I cried when Owen Hart died because I watched that pay per view and then to I think find out did. like yeah I cried like a baby when Owen Hart died and I wasn't the biggest Owen Hart fan but it was just so sad. Um, I'm trying to think when crying because of sorrow in wrestling I don't know I, I know I done it before when I was like a little kid the guy my guy didn't win or something but I cried when Hogan lost to Warrior at, at WrestleMania six for sure because I didn't like Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan lost because I was so used to Hulk Hogan winning Hulk Hogan lost. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was rough, but yeah, this match here. And just look at it too. Full yeah. of Hall of Fame you, talent, except like Virgil. You got, you got. <laughs> you think Steiner's gonna be a Hall of Famer someday? I think that, I think the Steiner. They deserve brothers, to be. I think, I think both. I would put Steiner brothers as in a the team. Hall of Fame. Yeah, but not Scott Steiner solo. No, no. no. Even though he had a good character, I he, he his his Hall of Fame credentials i guess you could say were as a tag team with his brother rick yeah stuff they did in japan early wcw even that brief run in wwf which wasn't the greatest it was still pretty solid yeah they were champions yeah and uh i'm just saying look at all macho man um big boss man elizabeth it's just sad just how many people like i just read recently that you know um Every once in a while, somebody on Facebook will like in a wrestling group will like post a picture or like a a collage of like um, you know should these people be in the WWE Hall of Fame? And I think there was a picture of Elizabeth, and it was like should how she... she not in? Well, that's what I thought too. I was like, well, like I thought for sure that they would put her in with Randy that year. Yeah, and I was kind of baffled by it because I was like, you can't put her in without you can't put her in by herself because she is really associated with Macho Man. And I didn't know for the longest time until recently when I read this, but apparently they've tried to put her in and her family wants no part of it. Okay. And so it's not like it, it's not because of WWE. It's because money? of the fact that no, it's because of the fact that, you know, she like of the, in the manner that she died and it she was dating a wrestler at the time mm-hmm. and the 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 circumstances surrounding that um I, is is why that they don't want to put her in the Hall of Fame, uh, that the, they don't want the company to put her in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, I didn't know that until recently that she, that the, the they've tried to on a number of occasions, and the family's just been like, nope. But uh, I know that um, when she died and Randy was still alive, he was pretty upset about that. Um. And this and this here with them, this is long after they've been divorced. They've been divorced for about four or five years. Yeah. And the and and this is the kind of human being Randy Savage was, um, behind the scenes. Um, you know, he cared for her so much that even after they were divorced, and in the manner that she left him, he pitched the idea to bring her to WCW, because he knew that, you know, with her there. It would help not only his booking, but it would get her, you know, 
They were they, they were definitely like a peanut butter and jelly for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. You couldn't and one have without one without the other is weird. Exactly, exactly. You know, for a brief period of time they put her with Flair and then the Horsemen and that worked, but you eventually had to get back to her and Savage. Absolutely, yeah. And so, granted, it was different with her and Savage because, you know, they were heels, and it wasn't like a boyfriend girlfriend dynamic. It was more, or a husband-wife dynamic, it was more like a business association, you know? You didn't see Savage and Elizabeth really embrace much as an on-screen pairing in WCW. Whereas in WWF, Savage was, you know, and, and Elizabeth, they were portrayed as being married, which were they were, which they were in real life. And Savage, there was more emotional investment and involvement in those characters because they were married in real life. This time around, this is just more of like a business relationship, so to speak, here. God damn. Titty's popping out. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Yep. Put her in front. (laughs) That that was always a sunny spot where Sunny was like like in front of the... Like, with like the chicken shit heel and the baby and face gets in front. The other wrestler would pick her up yeah. and then take a shot to the face. They used to do that with Sherry a lot, yeah. too. Hogan, if when Sherry was with Savage, he'd throw her in, but Sherry used to fucking fight back. She wasn't like, don't touch me, don't touch me. She'd be like, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. And <laughs> she'd smack Hogan or Hogan would fucking hit her. It was it, Back in back in those days, it was it was acceptable to punch Sensational Sherry because she fought like that's a dude. It, though. That's you know it, what though. I mean? Like Back then, it was yeah. like, you know... If you laid your hands on Miss Elizabeth, oh my you're, goodness. You're, you're going to be healed yeah, for your life. There's no way you're going to recover for that. For you're a piece of shit. Yeah. But when Hogan would give Sherry a right hand, it was like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing ever. Because Sherry used to fight like the guys. Yeah. I mean, that was acceptable back then. Yeah. I do the one that told me too about, uh, I think it was on Private Night on Podcast. So you are telling me like like about uh, Sachel Sherry and Jake, Jake the Snake, how they... Uh, Yep. When they were like in the sack, it was it was more of a fight than yeah. having sex. Yeah, it was when I went to the um when I went to the the, the Jake the Snake stand up uh comedy show at uh, Funny Bone. My wife got me tickets for our anniversary, and she came too. Did she enjoy it? By the way, she did. She okay. she had a lot of laughs. Yeah, she thought it was she thought it was funny too. She thought some of the stories were wild, but um yeah, Jake tells a story where he was he was a ring he was a ring boy in Louisiana. Um, I don't know if it was territory or it was a spot show, but uh, Sherry was sitting in the front row. And after the show, Jake, this is how Jake describes it. Jake was setting up the ring and she, she approached him after the show and just said, Oh, I like you. Um, let's, uh, you know, let's hang out like tonight, like come to my place. And Jake was, you know, young, dumb and full of, you know what? And he went over there and, he said that right as they were about to do the act, the fucking the door opens, the front door opens. They're in the bedroom, and he's like, "Who the hell's in your house?" And she's like, "Oh, that's just my husband." He's like, "What the fuck?" And so like he gets up and he's about to like climb out the window, grab his clothes. He's butt ass naked. And she's like, "No, no, no, it's okay, it's fine." He's like, "Wait a minute, it's okay. He's gonna fucking kill me." She's like, "No, no, you don't get it. Like, we have an arrangement." Um. I, she she said I can be with whoever I want, um, as long as uh, as long as um, he can uh, dress up like a woman and be with a man. So 
but I have to play the part of wife out in public. This is like back in like the seventies when yeah. like that shit wasn't acceptable. Oh, you get killed for that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so Sherry, um, so Sherry's husband used to basically let her sleep with and be with whoever they wanted as long as he got to play dress up as a woman with a guy, and then you know she plays the wife in public around people. But that was the um, that was the gist of uh, their relationship. And then you know Jake for a while said that you know they had a sexual relationship and uh it, it, i don't know how long it lasted but he said that like sherry was sherry loved her sex and she liked it rough and you know she would she, she as jake put it he said she made you work for her pussy like you it was a war you went to war with her in the bedroom and he said it got to a point where it was so bad it was like i can't do this shit anymore like she's fucking she's gonna kill me like it's not even fun anymore. So I don't know how long that went, but yeah, that was a that was a funny story. But um, kind of going off the rails here a little bit. Um, we we're talking about Liz and then Sherry, and uh, now we got Virgil here who fucking sucks. Yeah, he kind of does suck. Yeah, Ray Trailer here who had about like thirty different gimmicks too at one point. Oh, he's a big fan. I liked him as the big boss man. That was a. Who was the? What was his character when he? Uh, he was the bodyguard for Jim Cornette. I liked it. Big that Bubba one. Rogers. Yeah, I liked that too. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. He did that for a little bit. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. He did that for a little bit. Tag made to Rick. I always thought I'd call me crazy, but I always thought Rick Steiner. I thought should have been the the star of the show. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, not me. I thought. I I thought. I thought it was Scott all the way. I liked them as a team. And then I even liked the rivalry that they had when Scott turned on Rick. Yeah, that was good. But they never really got the proper payoff. Oh, this was an interesting move. It was like a backwards DDT off the top rope. One, cool. two, kick out. We're at 47 minutes, 53, 54, 55 seconds. Minor technical snafu as we've recorded this. Now it looks like we're going to see a top rope Frankensteiner by Scott to Virgil. Ooh, he kicked him pretty hard. Savage got him good in the back of the head. Yeah. DiBiase's involved. Steiner working his way on Savage. That would have been an interesting matchup. Big Papa Pump versus the Macho Man. I guess so. I, you don't, you like don't think so? I never was. This is way before his TNA, like, like he jumped to shark days. I never. I, I Like I said, I, I loved. I don't know love, but I liked the Steiner Brothers. I just never liked Scott Steiner as a, sol, a solo. Uh, oh, I liked Scott as a solo. I thought he was good. Oh, wow, electric chair. That was, a, that was a good combination. Here we go, elbow. Boom. Savage. Did they win? One, two, so. three. Here we go. Wow, Randy Savage. Good. I did not think that was going to be the team that won. Yeah, that was a little mixed match. A hodgepodge NWO team. Savage, Norton, and Virgil. I tell you what, Scott Norton and Macho Man could have been a tag team. That, that finish was phenomenal. That was a pretty cool finish, yeah. Very, you know, combo electric chair into the... the um, uh, the, the the elbow dropped there. Where's Vincent? Where's Virgil at? I think he's with the winning team, right? Where is he, though? What's this? Oh, I thought, was, I thought someone legitimately did something naughty. 
No, it's just... grabbed the usher like that? Yeah, he grabbed the usher and it was just Booker T. Yeah, that was... They never used that one a lot. I'm sorry? I couldn't tell if it was a suplex or DDT, but after replay, it was definitely a DDT. Yeah. They never used... That looked dangerous, though. Now you say that you don't use it a lot, but that looked very dangerous. I remember they used it one time in Japan. I forget who they wrestled, but they dropped somebody on his fucking dome. I was like, oh my god. Savage scooting out of there with the victory. Yeah, impromptu little match at this Starcade. I remember they didn't really advertise this; it just kind of threw it out there. Um, oh, Mean Gene. Let's see. Let's see what he's got to say. Guy Sutter in our nation's capital, and of course, it's very fitting we should be here for Starcade '97. Hogan and Sting later on tonight. Attention hotline fans, back in the locker room area, I saw a lot of rank and file of WCW here in town tonight. Not scheduled to be here, but they are here, including some new faces. Some very new faces that I think you're going to find very interesting. If you want to know all about it, plus all of the inside scoops here at Starcade, give me a call at the hotline right now at 1-900-909-9900. Pick up the phone right now at one 900 909 9900 call the hotline tonight ladies and gentlemen here in washington and across the country and around the world i want to introduce to you the chairman of wcw's executive committee mr jj Dillon, and mr chairman i want to bring you in with one thing in mind i mentioned regarding the hotline tonight a lot of rank and file jj these are people that are not scheduled to be here but yet they're here apparently representing wcw can you clear the air gene as i've looked through the ranks of some twenty-four thousand people here tonight i've seen virtually every wrestler under contract to wcw i think it's a tremendous showing of unity wcw has a lot at stake tonight nitro's on the line the big match between the legend larry zabisco and eric bischoff and also there's just a tremendous amount of interest in this match that we've all waited a year and a half for. And one of the matters that needed to be cleared up was who is going to be the referee. And Sting waiting a year and a half for this match obviously wants to know that he's going to get a fair shake. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, the reigning champion, he's got an interest in who the referee is. And it seemed like the only fair thing to do was to take the names of all the referees, put them in a hat, have a drawing. I've done that with uh, the members of the executive committee observing, and the name that was picked out, who will be the referee for tonight's main event, is Nick Patrick. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. J.J. Dillon, in all due respect, that is going to raise a lot of eyebrows. Oh, uh, no, wait a minute. Uh, Nick Patrick is duly licensed. He's an excellent referee, and since his reinstatement, I can find no criticism whatsoever with any of the matches he's officiated. So he will be the referee for the main event tonight, and it is official. Well, I guess that's the political, politically right thing to do. I guess in this political environment, Nick Patrick to be the referee in the greatest title bout of all time between Hollywood Hulk Hogan from the NWO and tonight here at Starcade, the return of Sting after a long, long absence. Needless to say, a very exciting night. Gentlemen, let's get back to you, Tony, back at the broadcast booth. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, th that's what sets the stage for the, the, the finish of that main event, which we'll... we'll We'll get to later on. 
Yeah. Um, J.J. Dillon. Calling right down the middle, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll get into my theories on what they could have done differently later when it comes to this match. Um, up next here, no. the guy who, for Hanukkah this year, was gifted the, the, the ability to get his wrestling school tuition paid for by one Dennis J. Levy. I'm talking about Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, look at that look, man. He's a million bucks. Oh, the look, absolutely. You look at him and he's a star. And this is before the this is before the big entrance with him, you know, with the the, the sparklers and walking down the hallway with the cops and everything. Like, this is before they did the whole, you know, killer entrance as he's wrestling Steve Mongo McMichael. There's the flock, Lodi, Sick Boy, Kidman, Scotty Riggs. They're part of a little Ravens little group there. I was. I always thought Scotty Riggs was an underrated wrestler. He wasn't know. bad. Yeah. No, he wasn't bad at all. I was hoping that. I was hoping that at the at the end of WCW they can uh, um, have the American Males come back, but that never did happen. You really wanted to see American Males? That return? theme song used to make me laugh so fucking hard. American Males. Oh, it was so good. American <laughs> Males. American Males. American. And people, if there's anyone that's the kicking out of two listening audience, I've never heard that song. I'm gonna. You know, it, I bet you it's very I, easy. All right, you know what? I'm going it's to that good. while we're watching this. Okay. It's Steve Mongol with Michael versus Bill Goldberg. We're not missing a. a we're not missing match. out much here, but you know you can watch along with us with this match here. Um, I'm going to look up American Males. Yeah, here we go. That. Uh, American Males WCW theme song. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah, it's hard cooking for one, but the good news is... The video will play after the ad, of course, on YouTube. Because I got my phone here. You ever had 7-Eleven pizza? It's disgusting. No, I have not. Oh, it's so bad. Top five wrestling theme of all time. <laughs> you need to stop. I'm not joking. Listen to the lead singers. <laughs> it's so good. It's like perfection, dude. I would have loved to see the Titan Tron for like the, the you know like the video montage. They do, they, there is a video for them. No way. Yeah, they're like riding on horses. Oh, like, dude, like shirtless with Never like, like cut off jean shorts. Oh, I can't wait to like watch booty that. Shor- <laughs> can't wait to watch it. Can't wait. Oh my god. 
He sounds like uh, Sammy Hagar, yeah? A little. Yeah, this thing Cabo Wabo, I'll tell you that, but... Perfect timing uh, for this. I, I think this is perfection. I really do. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Steve Logman on the top rope. Good. <laughs> and you're saying that with a straight face, which is I'm, hilarious. I'm serious. That was amazing. <laughs> Dave, thank you for that. that oh, so you're good. welcome. Let's find. Uh, is this match still going on? Yeah, it is. Yeah, let's let's find another. Bill Goldberg is trying to do WCW uh, theme song. That that that's a real crappy one. Oh, you know what? There's a great. I love to me. I th- to me, I think this. I love the ding dongs. I don't remember the ding dongs it, it, theme it, it, song. It starts off ding dong, of course, and then like it kind of sounds like a, uh, um, like a sixties like like slapstick comedy kind of show, like a dance to menace almost. So your your affection for the American Males theme song is about the same amount of enthusiasm I have for this theme song. I can't here. wait. Waiting for the ads to. But yeah, apply. people talking about ads. Seven Eleven pizza. Stay away from. Is this Rick Rude? Yeah, WCW. I don't remember this at all. This is supposed to be for a heel. Yeah. Oh, let me let me play it back from the beginning. We do not own the rights to any of these songs, by the way. Just so you were all aware. Don't want to get sued. It's pretty good. This got me for a face. This is this is heel Rick Rude, Thinks he was sculptured by Michelangelo. That's a great line. It's pretty good. I think it's the finish of the match here, since we really don't care about it at all. Oh, Michael's going through the table. Nearly hit his head, though. 
That was really close. Yeah. That was rough. I think you get the idea, but yeah, that that to me, like I never heard this song before until a couple of years ago. Did he just grab his dick? I think he did. <laughs> I think he did. I think we had a dong touching going on. Yeah. Oh. That's how bad this match was. We had to play two really over the top corny WCW theme songs. I dare songs. call it corny. <laughs> I really like that song. That's going to be your entrance music. I would need from, from from now on. Well, granted, it's American male, so I need a tag team partner. Me and you. <laughs> Fine. So, With that attitude, I, you, you don't deserve that theme. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Oh Jesus! So so who who's who's Buff and who's Riggs? Um. Well, you're much 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 stronger than me, so you'd be Buff and I'd be Riggs. Okay. So that means it would just be me getting my ass kicked half uh, two thirds of the match. The tag, you win. <laughs> oh, we get the hot tag. We win. Get the hot tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we had to do something to pass the time during that shit. Yeah, that match. was awful, and and that was almost like a ten minute match. Yeah, I know, cause that yeah we played about like two and a half minutes of the American males, and then like another three or four minutes of uh, of uh, Rick Rude simply ravishing. Ow! All right, so now we're between matches. Okay. Well, what is? Do you have a personal favorite? Uh, I'll, I'll stick with WCW. Do uh, WCW theme? I definitely have one. Or a couple. Oh, he's one point Raven. Um, I. NWO theme, definitely one of my favorites. Yes, it's up there. Um, I like Eric Bischoff's singular theme when he was a heel in the NWO. I don't Not, know if I ever remember that. The, one. Uh, when he comes out, we'll play the audio. Okay, yeah, will you? It, just, it, it, I don't know the way that he came out for his entrance, the tone and the vibe and the music. Like it just, like it, it just, it, it fit him well. Yeah. Um, I liked that. Um. God, who else? Didn't really care for DDPs because it was a Nirvana ripoff. Um, what was um, Goldberg's was kind of cool when the crowd would get into it. What was Raven's theme? That was a ripoff of um, Pearl Jam, right? No, that was Jericho, or maybe it was a Pearl Jam ripoff. I forget. But this here, he's scheduled to face Benoit. And I think he backs out of this match too. I don't remember the reason why. Let's play the audio. To their corporate structure. I also made sure that certain stipulations were included. That I would be able to wrestle when I won, where I won, and who I won. And I've chosen tonight not to wrestle. I've also decided... I've also decided to allow Saturn to finish off something that should have been finished off a long time ago. The destruction of Chris Benoit. Quote the Raven, nevermore. That's what 
So that was originally advertised as Chris Benoit and Raven, and for whatever reason, they decided, nah, fuck you, we're not going to fucking give you this match that you paid $29.95 to see, so we're going to just throw Saturn in here and have him face Benoit. I don't know why. I don't know why they 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 did that. I don't know if Raven was hurt or if it was just some fucking booking to try and get. I, personally, my feeling is I think it was a it was a lazy attempt because they had already sold the pay per view out. The building was sold out. Everyone was there to see Sting and Hogan, so everything else just kind of fucking suffered. That's just my opinion. And there you're absolutely right, Paul. <laughs> Sounds like. I mean, everyone was there to really see Sting and Hogan. Okay, maybe there was interest with Bret Hart making his debut as the referee in the the Bischoff and Larry Zbysko match, but there wasn't. Uh, it's been well, by the way. Does Benoit come out with uh, the the Four Horsemen theme? I don't think he was a horseman at this time. Okay, oh, I think I think they disbanded the horsemen. I think this was after Flair was like, "I'm disbanding the horsemen. I got to go take care of some personal business. I am not going to let this ruin their careers, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And they just kind of like disbanded the horsemen for a little while. That's my favorite theme of all time. Every Federation. I'll play it. But this is the uh, the clap, the clap, but but the. Uh, The one with the uh, the guitar. Oh, you think it's WWE? The Four Horsemen? With the guitar? Oh, that's the Four Horsemen thing. Yeah. Okay. That's my favorite theme of all time. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. So it's Benoit and Saturn here. Um, you know, I'll look up Four Horsemen theme. I'll play it for you. Now we're doing a podcast on wrestling themes, and we're not watching. I wish you'd do one. We, we could do one. We, we could do like a name that tune. Oh, dude, that'd be sick. Yeah. I'll have Justin come over when, you know, he's he's not on baby duty. Yep. And when he decides, you know, it's it, he, he feels comfortable with all his COVID uh, to, to, to come over. And, yeah, uh, he's, yeah, he just had that baby. I can't blame him. He's freaked out about that. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but, you know, when, when he feels comfortable, we'll do a game of name that tune. And we'll play theme songs. Uh, you know, wrestling theme songs, and you guys gotta, you know, how that works. Like they got like a hint, like I don't know, anyway, I don't know. I f- play like a couple seconds of the theme, and then you know, first person yeah. to fucking. It's not. It's not like I have a buzzer here, like a game show. So whoever you know goes up first, you know, that'd be that'd be kind of cool. Four Horsemen theme. Let's see here. All right, and it's the one with the way beginning here. The horses going and yeah. I don't want a fucking peanut butter commercial, for Christ's sakes. That's it. My opinion, ladies and gentlemen, best wrestling theme of all time. I like this one, actually. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, which goes to WWE, this is a mere thing. Well... Actually, I think WWE does own this song. I think they... Because everyone's wet dream, not not in the sense of because they're so hot, but like, you know, wrestling. It's Tessa Blanchard versus Charlotte. 
so Charlotte has, of course, the Rick. remake of Ric Flair. Tessa's and the got Tully. Ric Flair. Yeah. I just read something recently, and by the time this drops, I don't even know if uh, you know it, it, it'll, it'll be a thing. But um, uh, what's her name? Um, so Tessa, I guess, was in talks with WWE. But they haven't really materialized. Like I said, by the time this drops, maybe that'll change. But I'm kind of surprised that uh, I didn't hear anything regarding an AEW type of run. I feel like she would... I think that whole thing will... Um, so, if they sign her, great. Oh, but, she's got well, a lot well, of heat with some of those girls. Some of those girls she got some heat with. They're going to be hypocrites. They'd be like, yeah. we'll never with that whole thing with Japan. Which yeah, that, when she the said... The magic N-word. Yeah, the, the racial slur. Yeah, that, that's true. She's got a few... She denies I, everything. She denies it, yeah. We yeah. don't know what's true, what's not. I'm not going to sit here and try and dissect whether it happened or not, because obviously I wasn't there, but... Yeah. Um, so then they look like total jackholes. Like, like... Uh, like uh, I think it's Big Hulk Swole Hogan. has a. Pro- I think it's. I think it was it was it with Big Swole that she had the issue with. Okay. And she's a mainstay within the division, uh, the women's division. AW. I, I started. I didn't like her at first, but she's grown on me a little bit. Big Swole. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big Britt Baker guy. I mean, I think she's yeah. been the best thing about that division, and she hasn't won the belt, and she's hardly well, wrestling. She hasn't so, wrestled, yeah. Because of her injury, but I'm, um, I'm, my favorite is Abaddon. I, I'm. Uh, yeah, where the fuck she been? I know. I've seen her once. <laughs> where the fuck she been? Seen her once. She looks fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, she got a good. She got a cool presentation. I like. To I her. like horror films and I like character wrestling. Yeah. And there's not enough character re- wrestlers in my book. I thought. I thought. I really thought. Um, AW was gonna be like that. Like you know, we're gonna you're gonna you're gonna watch uh, theater wrestling. You know what I mean? And it has not been like that at all. Yeah, it's been a, it's it's been a little different. It's been but, like a, a glorified indie show. But I mean, to their credit, you know, twenty twenty, you would think for an upstart company like that, during a pandemic, still being able to survive, produce television weekly without a live audience, because before the pandemic, the only thing they did was one live show a week and a pay per view every four months. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. So you would think that like at some point it was going to fall off the wheels, but that wasn't the case. I mean, they've they've managed to stay alive and and put out decent programming at times. They're not they're not hitting a home run with everything, but um, I just want one thing. I want Kenny Omega to be the cleaner again. And and if you go if you follow his Instagram, you keep on you keep on hearing it's gonna be a, a clean slate, clean yep. slate, clean slate. I've I've seen some of those. I was yeah, like come on. So so maybe by the time this this drops, maybe he's going to be. But maybe he'll be the champ. I yeah, who know. knows? I hope so. Yeah, yeah, he he's yeah he. Cause I love Kenny Omega, but yep. right now I don't like him. Yeah. it's weird how <laughs> I explain it. No, I get it. The, the certain persona of him. There's certain guys that I liked certain personas, and then I just kind of like if they evolved or regressed, I didn't really care for them. Like I really thought Kenny Omega was gonna be my favorite wrestler of all time. He was getting he was coming so close. Yeah, and then I don't know. Then AEW happened, and I just wish he stayed in Japan. I really do. Oh yeah, you had that that whole. Hokey pokey kind of feeling with him, the way he. I hated how he. He went about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, getting, so, so the first time where he wink winking that because uh, he was the hot, he really was. He was the hottest wrestler on the planet after after he wrestled uh, um, Okada. They got the the first six star match in Mes- Mesler history and yeah, blah blah blah. Fucking bullshit. But, that, uh, but granted, 
It was a great match, right but now, like if I, if, if, if I drop dead today, that's in my top three favorite matches of all time. No which doubt about one? it. Which one? The the um. The one where he won the belt? No, 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 no. That's actually the worst one, actually, in my opinion. It was a good match. Yeah, but that's the worst one. The uh, I, I was actually I'm I'm actually li- lying to you because I was going to say it was the one um you know what's their big match uh. Uh, once a year, new new king, uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle, I thought I was going to yeah. say the Wrestle Kingdom, but that's not true. The my favorite one is the, the, the time the, limit draw. That was like ninety minutes or something. It was a, a sixty minute. Um, it, uh, it was a sixty minute draw. Yeah. It was incredible. Was it, I didn't like at the weigh in. So I've seen sixty minute draws in New Japan before, mm. and or thirty minute draws. I'm, yeah. My apologies. Never sixty minute, but I saw thirty minute draws before. And the time and the guys don't make nothing of it. And then all of a sudden you hear the ding ding ding, thirty minute draw. It's like okay, this time you actually had people on the live live speaker ten minutes, five yep. minutes. I'm like, come on, you're ruining the, you're ruining like the uh, element of surprise here. Right? That shit's like, a work though. Then you, you know, know that, it's right? gonna be a draw. You know, what? you know that whole when they do the time thing, that's a fucking work. I know. I I I heard a story once. Um, it was during the Jim Crockett days. Tony Schiavone told this once on his podcast. Flair would work the main event, and they would advertise it as a fucking sixty-minute match. And usually, depending on who he wrestled, a lot of times it was you know, a, a, they would go the full sixty minutes. They would do the Broadway time limit draw, right? Then come back next month, you know, and see the rematch with whoever, Dusty or Ricky Martin or whoever, right? So Flair used to tell Schiavone because Schiavone used to be the ring announcer before he was the commentator he was the ring announcer and so he would be the one be like 15 minutes in the match 15 minutes you know 10 minutes remain 10 minutes so so shivani used to flair used to tell him you know when we're at like 15 when we're at the 30 minute mark you know tell him you're at the 30 you know 30 minutes remain but we really got like 15 minutes left or like 20 minutes left. So shave off some time, could you please? Really so hard, a lot of times it would they would say 60 minute time limit, they'd wrestle for about 45, 40 45 minutes. So they would like they would they would work the time. So it got to a point where it was a running joke with them where you know then Shivani would tell Flair how much time do you want me to shave off tonight? <laughs> and Flair would be like, "Oh, I'll do this or whatever." And a lot of that time was because a lot, of, a lot of times why the time was shaved off was because Flair wanted to go out and party and make it to the bar. So he didn't want to, you know, because he was going on last, he didn't want, you know, to get there and then the bar be closed. So Flair used to fucking tell him, shave off some time when you're doing the. <laughs> so they never really went the full 60 minutes. Just like when Flair used to tell the stories about how he would drink, you know, fucking 700 kamikaze shots. About 699 of them he threw over his shoulder. Or dumped him in the plant because he, you know, he couldn't handle his liquor. He'd buy it all, but he fucking, he would dump it before he would, you know, drink it. Those are stories I've heard. But, um, yeah, the, the the time limit draws are a big fucking work when it comes to, like, when they do that whole 10 minutes remain, 10 that, minutes. That works right. both ways, too. That, that uh, um, I was, uh, with an interview with this she's kind of famous kind of not that she, she anyway that um missy blue sims I was, I was listening to an interview and she goes yeah the, the, the they'd be like 10 minute time limit matches and then after like six minutes ding 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 you, you know time, limit, time is up yeah you know? so that, it works both ways yeah 
Speaking of time, it looks like time is up here for this match. The flock getting involved. Or is this that stupid Ravens rules thing where they, they're allowed to all be out there oh, yeah, beating you're them right. up? Yeah. <laughs> it's no DQ because it's Ravens rules. It's There's never DQs. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff has said before in his podcast, the, the worst thing he's done was n- was not construct better finishes. He said they didn't have a good finish guy. They, they, he goes back to always saying, like, I needed a Pat Patterson, a guy that knew how to construct good finishes. Like, they didn't have that. Everything was a run-in or everything was a screw job or some sort of, you know, hodgepodge type of finish that didn't really have a decisive winner. Um, it looks like this is Ravens rules because... All those guys got to jump Benoit, and the referee didn't ring the bell. But it's also so, so hard. To, it's very confusing, WCW, what what you can and cannot do. Oh, for a while, it's yeah, so like confusing. you like you weren't allowed. So you had a lightweight division where you weren't allowed to jump off the top rope, and you weren't allowed to throw anybody over the top rope. Okay, you had guys like Brian Pillman and Jushin Liger that were high flyers that weren't allowed to do all the high flying stuff because they had the stupid no jumping off the top rope like it was dumb by this point they didn't have that rule 97 they didn't have that rule see this is fucking yeah that's a sweet ddt oh i used to like the even flow ddt is he gonna win no way Saturn win? I, I don't remember. Well, that's the... I think oh, Benoit's he, like... Oh, he's knocked out. Yeah, he's passed out. Ref calls it. Wow, good for good for Saturn. That's probably the biggest win of his career, don't you think? At that point? I maybe. think any point, right? Well, he was also in ECW. and they. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Eliminators. Eliminators. Yeah. Him and John Cronus. Total Elimination is one of my favorite finishes It was a great finish, time. yeah. It's outdated, but 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 the... You now know, it is, yeah. That, 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 uh... That, 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 but at the time, that was an incredible I forget who finisher. used that. Somebody uses that in AEW. I want to say... Um, shit. I could be wrong. I might be wrong. I want to say either SCU or uh, Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus use that finish. Okay. Somebody uses that finish. I don't remember 100% who. Replay here. I was like Perry Saturn. So did I. I he, didn't. I didn't like him in the flock, but I liked him when he left the flock, and then like even some of his WWE stuff. Just that, oh, that whole mop. That, the mop uh, thing was stupid. Killed him. Yeah. Well, when he roughed up the jobber, that did it for and, him. And Vince, just fire him then. You know what I mean? Yeah, Get rid of his contract then. Yeah, they didn't don't, fire don't him. Make him don't, don't make him have a fucking mop. Yeah, he was with uh, Terry Reynolds for a little while. That's right, yeah. That's a poor guy. Last time I saw uh, Saturn, he was um, soliciting... Um, he was homeless for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He was uh, on YouTube or something, like soliciting like the GoFundMe or something. Yeah. He uh he's he suffered uh, traumatic brain injuries from uh, uh, years of wrestling. Um, he's in a much better place now. He was homeless for a while, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol, and then somebody I forget who, someone in the wrestling community managed to you know find him and help him out and DDP maybe. Hey, no, I don't know here. if it was DDP or not, but um, that blood. 
I, I wasn't an, always a big fan of DDP, but but I'm a big fan of him as a person. God bless him. All all those wrestlers that he he's, he's helped out. Here's Buff the stuff. Here Talk we go. American meals. Buff Bagwell. He's scheduled to face Lex Luger here. I wonder if he's gonna win this match. I know, right? <laughs> um. This was an advertised match. They had aver- and this was a str- this was strange too. Like here's. Here's what I didn't get then, and I, you know, have a hard time understanding now. I get that Sting was the focal point of this show, but for the better part of 1997, Luger was like a big threat to the NWL. And I felt like Luger, Sting's absence helped. Luger's stock rise as a character, considering he was, you know, a, a top threat to the NWO, that I felt like Luger should have had a better spot on this card than wrestling Buff. No disrespect to Buff, okay? But I just felt like Luger should have had a bigger role on this show. Because- Who's the, all right, uh, you're, you're the head booker. Who would you have? So I'd change some things up around, okay? Um,. So I would either... Now, you know who I'd put in this that spot? Luger and Savage. Yes! There you go. That's your Savage piece. That's your missing Savage uh, piece. Yeah. I, I t- Luger yeah. and Savage at the Starcade event. Yeah. As like a co-headline. Then then you could have uh, Buff and... Uh, just to put over you the put, yeah, You could have put Buff in that tag match with Norton and yeah. Vincent against the Steiners and Bubba. You know? I was thinking about have him and uh, him and uh, Scott Hall come out together, and then uh, have have uh, have the giant beat the shit out of both of them just to put over the giant even more. Yeah, that's very possible. But yeah, Luger and Savage would have been a nice little top of the card semi main. I mean, I know the Bischoff and Zabisco was like the semi main event, and um, DDP and Kurt Hennings on this card for the U.S. title, which oh, was. That's- yeah, which was a good match. which was originally scheduled to be Flair and Henning in a cage, but Flair got hurt, so they shifted over to DDP. Um, yeah, there was a lot of shifting around of this show, but Luger here against Buff. I guess Buff, from what I remember correctly, he had a few wins over Luger on TV in like either singles or tag matches, or he claimed he did, but he really didn't. And so, um, this was the, the 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 driving force behind their their angle at this Starcade. But like I said, Luger, you know, when Sting was gone, Luger was like the next threat. Luger and DDP, right against the NWO. Luger, you know, would be in tag matches and singles matches. Even Luger had a run with the belt for well, he didn't have a run with the belt. He, Luger won the belt and beat Hogan, lost it a week later on the on on a nitro. He won it on a nitro and lost it on a pay per view. But Luger was a major player, and I just thought that with the culmination of this event and this show, that Luger probably deserved a better spot than wrestling Buff Bagwell on this card. And I always go to the defense when it comes to wrestling. That 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 I even even Bret Hart, uh, you know, fought the pirate guy. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, from from the the, the in your house pay per view. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you got it. Was my, a great match. My theory, if I if I if I'm a booker, hook, crook, whatever, I'm having my stars on the show. I don't care who you're wrestling. It could be Barry Horowitz versus you know versus Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. I'm having my stars on the show. But yeah, I don't care who you wrestle. That uh, and I bet you the stars feel the same way. I could be like, okay, you're not gonna uh, wrestle uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin tonight, but you mm-hmm. want to be off the card? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another alternative you could have done with Luger here on this show was you could have had you could have had the NWO in one big team like Buff, Savage, Vincent. Um, uh, who else was on? Conan was on the in the NWO at this point. You could have done like a big like five on five type of match and do like Luger. Or you, Oh, Scott Hall's another name. He wasn't even wrestling on this card. Yeah. You could have done Scott Hall and Luger. But Hall at the same time also was a big part of the Bischoff story with Zabisco because Zabisco and Hall had their issues on TV. And so he Hall was kind of ducking Zabisco from time to time. What did they wrestle? I know they they at least wrestled once, right? They wrestled the pay-per-view after this, and that was when they did the whole Dusty Rhodes joined the NWO story. Right. Remember that horse shit? Yeah. Yeah. For what reason did Dusty join the NWO? Yeah, I don't know. And from what I heard, Dusty was the one that pitched that idea. Let me join the NWO, baby. They won't see it coming. No, we didn't see it coming, but we didn't want to see it coming no. either. Yeah, it was just too many. Yeah, it was too many. Too many cooks. Oh yeah. In the NWO, yeah. People, people. This might be an unpopular opinion, but everyone says, "Oh, when they split the NWO into two groups, it was a fucking joke. Like it shouldn't have happened." But at the same time, if you think about it, with the way the story was going, it was a natural progression that you know Nash was going to form his own group and Hogan would have his own. You know what I mean? Maybe if they didn't call the Wolf Pack the NWO Wolf Pack and they just called them the Wolf Pack, and you had one NWO. Maybe that would have been ideal, but I uh, see he's calling for Vincent. Yeah, he's calling for Vincent. <laughs> there he is. I would wear that sweatshirt. They still they sell them on on uh, WWE. I wouldn't get the shirt because it's just too cliche. The, 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 You'd get the hoodie. The, yeah, I'll get that hoodie though. Yeah, NWO merch is pretty hot even to this day. I tell you what, <laughs> this is funny. No, no. I got an NWO red and black shirt upstairs. I'm not ashamed to say that I'm 40 years old now. And I remember 10 years ago, I'd rock a oh, CM Punk shirt, right? Yeah. People look at me like, that motherfucker, that age is wearing CM Punk shirt. You can just tell walking the wall, people are judging me. Now I can wear a Bray Wyatt shirt, no one judges me. That like, like Things have changed where like wrestling merch is cool to wear again. It's like the mid-90s. It's funny. Yeah, it was... It's funny how, like, in the mid-90s, like, when it came to wrestling merch, it was like, well, first of all, they were all black t-shirts, but less was more. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So you had, like, Austin 316. That was a popular shirt. Or, like, the DX shirt. The NWO shirt. You know? Those were probably, like, the three big shirts that, you know, like, the three big hot sellers. Um, like, well, they just say you're... Freshman in high school, they're gonna be caught dead with the Ultimate Warrior shirt. You know, we got that big face and stuff. Yeah, like that. I mean, we're no, 80s, it wasn't happening. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, we were like their grunge era. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
you had like the shirt had to like represent like the I don't know. It was it, it just it it couldn't look wrestling. You know what I mean? It hey, just look at couldn't. The Sting shirt. It's a scorpion, black and white. Yeah, that's cool. That, that was a cool shirt. That was a cool shirt. But when they put the guy's face on it, yeah, it's all colorful and stuff. Yeah, and I don't know. You just kind of lose me there. Like the Austin shirt, you know, Austin three sixteen, and then the skull on the back. Like that was cool. You know, NWO with just the logo on the front. That was cool. DX with just the logo on the front. It says suck it on the back. That yeah. was cool. WCW was not known for their 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 merchandise. Um, they didn't really have a, a, a strong presence in that area. Um, even though they sold a lot of it, they didn't have a strong presence in that area. Um Poor Vincent. Yeah, he's just getting bounced around. I, I would like to know how is Vincent broke that that uh, he he was in the glory years of WWF because he spent all his fucking money. That's why he's broke. Although now you know, like he's whether he thought of this one on his own or it just kind of caught on. But like you know, before the pandemic, he he he's he'd pop up everywhere. Um. I mean, I mean, actually, I mean, a lot of people thought it was funny. But Conventions. Man, yeah, he was in the convention booth and, like, no, nobody was there. Yeah. Like, and, and if you follow him on social media, like, he, he does it really well. Like, he's, he, he, he's a goofball. He's a clown, you know, on social media. So, like, he'll post pictures of, so he'll post, like, old pictures of, like, stuff in his career. Like, for instance, like, in the NWO. And it'll be, like, a picture of him and Hogan. And he'll like have a funny caption. It was like, "This was the night I taught Hogan how to wrestle," and you know, this is where I told Hogan that he needed to turn heel and, and change his career and shit like that. Like he would do like funny stuff like that. And he's got a strong following on social media, but he'd pop up on the convention circuit a lot, um, you know. And then his stock rose when he made a few appearances on AEW. Did he really? Yeah, he he did like a couple of appearances with Jericho as like like a like a lackey for Jericho for like you know like a, like a goofy video. Did he take a bump or anything? I don't know. I don't remember. Um But yeah, I would imagine that when things get back to normal, when that whenever that will be, um that he'll uh he will uh you know, he'll be I won't say he'll be a hot commodity on the independent scene, but I, I see I, I've seen a lot of ads with okay. him. It just made me sad. It really did. As much as I, I, I I'm in between. I don't like him or hate him. But well, the, you ever, the, have you heard the, the story about what he used to do in New York City? No. He used to go into the subway in New York City with a duffel bag and eight by tens, and he would walk up to people, and he would ask them. If they wanted an autograph or wanted to take a picture with him, and then he would charge them. Like that's how desperate he was. Yeah. You know, now it's gotten to a point where, like, he's in on the joke. He's in on the joke that he wasn't that big of a deal in wrestling, so that's his gimmick now. That's what that that's what that's what people pay to see him when he you know when he does the conventions. And, but that would be like my eye opener. But maybe seriously, maybe, maybe that, that was his eye opener. Wait, wait. There was like this huge convention, all these wrestling fans all over the place, and you saw the Virgil booth, and no one was it. Nobody cared. Yeah. No, I mean maybe, and maybe that was. I remember reading the story years ago that he that 
years and years ago. Somebody was on the on the train or going to get on the train, and he stopped him, and he was like, "Hey, do you know who you know former WWF star Virgil is? You know, NWO member." And somebody actually was a wrestling fan there, like, "Oh yeah, that is you." Blah 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 blah. And you know, he said, "Oh, would you like a picture with me? Twenty dollars. You want an eight by ten? Ten dollars. Like, just like desperate." Yeah. Pissed away all his money. I think DiBiase once told a story on a on a shoot interview that he wasn't the best. He he was his own worst enemy. He he pissed away a lot of his money. Um, but you know, hopefully he's doing well. He seems to be, you know, at least on the surface on social media, he seems to be in in good spirits. We we all know uh, where it was on the, on the card, but like he had to make millions. He just had to, right? I wouldn't say he made millions, but I mean, I'm sure he got nice. I'm sure he got nice paydays. Because um, how much do you think he was making a year as the bodyguard? To as the DiBiase? bodyguard, of DiBiase yeah. back There's, then. You got to figure that's his pinnacle, don't you think? Yeah. Um, I don't know what his base pay would be for someone in his position. Um, I would figure that 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 would be equivalent to what a hundred thousand dollars is. I think overall, between like a base salary and then whatever bonuses you would get, like working a big show, like let's say like he was on WrestleMania, he was uh, he was DiBiase's bodyguard as the main event of WrestleMania four. Right. Okay. So I would imagine he probably got a nice payday. I would say maybe in the range of between ten and twenty grand, maybe. You know. Savage and DiBiase probably got a little more, obviously much more. Yeah, I would say that's one match. Yeah, one match, yeah. But I mean, take into account too, back then. He he traveled, I remember him being all the house shows and stuff like that. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he did all, he did the whole, he did the whole traveling. Um, But 100,000 overall for a year? You gotta figure, right? I would, I would, that, that, that's... That's a safe number to assume. And he did it for but, but think 10, about 15 it. years. But think about this for a minute here, okay? 100000 a year, okay? Yeah. You're you're not an employee. You're a 1099 contractor. Yeah. So you got to take, I think it's like 23% of your earnings every quarter to pay to the IRS. You also have to file differently in each state. Some states are the same. Some states are different, back then at least, okay? So you're filing differently. Your expenses on the road, your 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 hotel, yeah. your rental car, things like that. I know with DiBiase, when they when they had him as the bodyguard for the Million Dollar Man, a lot of stuff. DiBiase rode in limousines and he ate at nice restaurants and he played up the gimmick. Vince said, "You're gonna here, here's funny money. This is my money. You're gonna go and you're gonna spend it. You know, you're gonna live the Million Dollar Man gimmick." Virgil was the bodyguard, so I'm sure you know. There wasn't much that came out of Virgil's pocket when they traveled. That's for sure. So, I mean, when it comes to a overall 100000 yeah. And he probably got a nice payday for WrestleMania when he wrestled DiBiase. The SummerSlam when he won the match. You know, being in a... That was a high-profile storyline. But he probably... You know, DiBiase said that. You know, he was one of those guys that just was his own worst enemy. He just pissed money away. He didn't make the smartest decisions, you know? A lot of guys do that. A lot of guys did that in the business. Um, just was what it was, you know. 
Yeah. I just, I, I'm not, I am not I'm just one of those guys just like, I obviously don't never walk the, a step in their shoes, but like, how you piss away like all that money? I don't know. And you're, you're just, I, I just don't get it. You live that rock star <laughs> yeah, life, you know, so. like you just, I mean, you, you, you don't save, you don't put money, you know, you, you got to realize it's not going to last forever, you know? Um, I mean, but it all depends on who you are on the card, you know? Because even Vincent could probably write a book to be like, I stay relevant in, in wrestling without taking a bump for fuck's sake. Well, now, yeah. Um, you, you know, pre-COVID. But, um, no, no, I'm just saying, like, even, even like in his glory years as, 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 as the bodyguard, right? He would take one punch every three, every three months, you know what I mean? Yeah, he didn't wrestle a lot in WCW. It was very rare. But he, he, he took, he took a few bumps. Um, yeah, after, after he was the, after the bodyguard with, uh, DiBiase, of course he became a, a jobber. But, I forget who, I forget who brought him in. I want to say Hogan suggested him. Like many of the guys that came over from WWF to WCW, Hogan had suggested they hire him. So they could make fun of... Uh, it probably was Dusty Rhodes, don't you think? So they could get revenge on, on, uh, on, on Vince, right? Who knows? Who knows? Um, That'd be my guess. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, here's... Uh... Luger's big comeback. Both of these guys got some sad stories, too. I mean... Yeah, what happened? Uh, so, stuff... Uh, so, so, Buff Bagwell's backstory, he was um, a Chippendales dancer, right? Turn wrestler? He did... He did um, I don't know if he did Chippendales before, but I know that he... I don't know if he still is, but oh, he was a male escort at one time. Oh, was he an escort? Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. He was charging. Uh, he was charging big, you know, big money to 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 get his stuff, if you. Will. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I mean, he was a guy when you, at least for me, when you looked at him, you looked at him as like, oh, this guy could be a star. Not saying that like he was the greatest on the mic, and he had a great look, but, um. You know, he was. One of those guys where, like, his ego and things just got in the way. Uh, especially after WCW folded and he was with WWF briefly. His poor match with Booker T on Raw. And then the issue that he had with Shane Helms at the training center where they got into a fight. And just his ego just kind of messed things up for him. And they let him go. And I think he also, like, I think the story I've heard, and he denies it, but the story I heard was that Buff's mother called Jim Ross and said he wasn't going to be able to make the shows. And Jim Ross was like, you know, you're a nice lady. I appreciate the phone call, but tell your son to be a man and call me. And that was, he was fired like not long after that. And he never recovered. You know, he didn't, I mean... Was he really a TNA at all? I don't, I don't remember. I think he made like a couple of one-offs here and there, but like wasn't a regular. And then, of course, we know Luger. Luger, you know, being involved in the death of Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, that was it for him. Um, oh, here's Savage, which looks like this sets up their rivalry. Yeah, that was a good rivalry, I thought. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, yeah, Luger, you know. 
having issues with drugs and alcohol and then you know having a, a freak moment you know being paralyzed and you know he's partially paralyzed and yeah what happened to the poor guy what he's he does he does a lot of speaking engagements you know he's born again christian um he does the convention circuits um what did he do recently another running jesus christ how many run-ins we got tonight yeah, <laughs> you're right. Um, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Luger does the convention circuit. Um, he was just recently a part of like Jerry Lawler's 50th celebration in Tennessee. Like he did like a uh, signed autographs and take pictures. Okay, uh, he's you know confined to a wheelchair. Um, doesn't look like the same person he was, but you know a, a completely different man. Um. Someone who has no problem discussing the situation that happened with Elizabeth. You know, he takes full responsibility for it, full ownership uh, regarding her death. Speaking of which. Yeah. She is. She's kind of checking her up on her man Luger. Ooh. Oh, Savage. Checking up on Savage now. She's looking for Randy. Oh, I thought she was worried about Luger. Where's Randy? Randy. But anyway, what a shocker, huh? The fucking... Shocker that the end that there was another run in finish to cause the. No, I'm the, just saying, but even though Buff beat Luger. Buff beat Luger, yeah. Would you say that's his biggest win of his career? Possibly, at that point, yeah. I mean, other than being Luger was a t- Luger was a big name. He was a big deal. I mean, other than being the tag team champs with uh, Scotty Riggs, of course, but uh, then um. I don't know. I can't think of a. Was was he ever uh Buff Bagwell? I'm talking about. Was he ever like TV champ or anything like that? Um, I certainly don't remember. That. I don't remember. I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he was a TV champ or a US champ. I believe he had a brief run as a tag team champion. Um, he yeah. went through quite a few tag teams with Scorp, Two Gold Scorpio, the Patriot, um, Scotty Riggs, uh, Bagwell. I forget about the Patriot. Yeah, the Bag- Bagwell was a, uh, a a tag team guy for quite a, yeah. quite a while. Yeah. I think he even tagged with Luger in the end. You know, towards the end of WCW, they were like two like musclehead. You know, I forget what they called them. Totally buff. That was their name. They were a tag team. Right. Totally, totally buff. I do remember that. Yeah. Well, oh wait, a he won the tag team titles with Shane Douglas too. They were also a tag team in WCW. That was during the Russo era. Okay, I yeah, don't, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that was like when like the wheels had fallen off completely. When you got <laughs> when when your most famous match is uh, you know your mother on a pole match that that uh, oh Judy Bagwell on a forklift yeah. yeah we almost watched that we almost watched that that would have been interesting yeah new blood rising this has got to be the match of the night coming up don't you think uh, this was a pretty good match from what I remember. Um, I like that he got. He's not calling himself it, but I do like he has his Mister Perfect. Signature. Yeah, he's pretty much Mister Perfect without calling himself Mister Perfect. He's just in the NWO. Um, you think he asked Vince if he can be called that? No, I, I mean he he probably knew that he couldn't use it because they had licensed and trademarked it. Yeah. Um, so I think he just you know I think people knew who he was. They're like it didn't matter what you fucking called him, you know. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, originally. This was scheduled to be him and Flair. This was a, you know a few months following the storyline where Henning turned on Flair and the Horsemen. He slammed the cage door shut. 
So the big blow-off was going to be at this Starcade, Flair and Henning for the U.S. title inside of a cage. And Flair got hurt. He was injured. Um, so they wrote him off TV with an injury storyline where the NWO kind of jumped him and took him out. And then DDP came to the rescue, saved him, and then DDP said, you know, if Rick can't wrestle, I'll take his spot. And I'll face you, Kurt, for the title at Starcade. Um, and now we have the match. Yeah. I think uh, WWE can't... Can they even play his theme, you think? No, they can't. They, they yeah, play a pretty so. generic song here. I'll play it for you. Yeah, that, that was the generic WWE network because Turner owns that. Um, Turner owns the rights to that music. Um, I was surprised that uh, they were never able to get away with it. That uh, that was uh, not even hiding. That was team spirit. Well, it's it's all about how it's all about the the notes and how you write the music that you know can differentiate. You know what I mean? You could you could write. And produce a, a, a knockoff of a song as long as it's done differently than the original. It's not illegal. <laughs> my, my favorite moment of that. That um, did you listen to that Vanilla Ice interview? At that, at I Britney? was literally just thinking about that. We're on that, the same that, wavelength. That had to be the most famous. Incident. He was like, "No, it's different. It's ding 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 ding." ding, ding, ding. ding. Like he was, yeah. like he like tried to like justify it. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I think he won. It's to, to, to your uh, defense, to to, to 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 your case, whatever. That that uh, that um, that that um, yeah, the Queen representatives brought him to court, and I think Vanilla Ice won. Yeah. Yeah, and that was his defense. Yeah, it was ding 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 ding. The interview I remember that on MTV. <laughs> he was like going through explaining it. Yeah, that was God. That's so long ago. But yeah, the DDP had the Nirvana rip off for a little while. Um, One of them had a pro tip ripoff too. That was just nuts. I think it was Jericho. I think you might be right. Yeah, I think it was Jericho, and even I think Raven too had had a, a, a pro jam ripoff. Um, Jimmy Hart helped write the music for WCW. Did he? Jimmy Hart was a big part of the music department for not only WCW but early days of the WWF. Um, Jimmy Hart wrote and produced Shawn Michaels' "Sexy Boy." Wow. Originally, it was Sherry that used to do the lyrics. I think yeah. he's cute. I know he's sexy. And then when they got rid of her from, not got rid of her in the company, but got rid of her from Sean, and they turned her into a baby face, they had Sean do the lyrics. And Jimmy Hart wrote and produced that, too. A lot of the music Jimmy Hart wrote and produced. Jimmy Hart produced a lot of the stuff in WCW, too. Yeah, he was a big part of their, their music department. Um, but he, did, he, didn't, he doesn't own the rights to that music. That's through the Turner Library, which a lot of that music, from what I gather from reading years ago, that was like Turner 
I think, bought the music for like a lot of the generic WCW themes. So they, they I, fuck, I forget what it's called. Um, a public domain. They, 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 they used to use a lot of the music from public domain, like that you would see background music on commercials for TV shows and movies and things okay. like that. So a lot of that music would get licensed um, out to different entities. And WCW, I believe, either bought the music and, li- and licensed it for a certain period of time or they, they would just, they owned it outright. I, I don't remember exactly, but I know that some of the music um, from, from WCW on the network now is dubbed over with a WWE version because Turner, Time Warner, uh, owns the rights to the music and they would charge. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, when WCW purchased the trademark rights, uh, when WWE purchased the trademark rights to WCW, they didn't take all of the, the, the music. They only took some, and one of them was the NWO because... They, they needed if they were going to plan to use it again they needed the music they felt like the music was important to have so that's why in a lot of these recordings you get the um you, you get the nwo music but some of the wcw music you don't get um i don't i don't i'm not too familiar with a lot justin could probably tell you with like copyright and trademark law um a lot better than i can but uh that, those are just stories i've heard over the years I, I said, I, I, excuse me, but I was, yeah, that, that, uh, find that interesting that, that, uh, that, uh, I, I wonder what he's done with it now. Like, uh, is it like in a vault or like, not in a vault, but like the music? Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I'm sure it's been used or maybe it's just not being used. I don't know. I haven't heard like any like old, like WCW themes like you, being used in like other areas. You like know? you go to like Spotify. That's, that's, that's my favorite, uh. Um, mu- music, uh, yeah, music app. So, so I use Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. That that and I and I could do, you know, uh, again. You have CM to buy. Punk. You have to buy songs there. No, no, I pay ten bucks a month. Oh, okay, you can just download whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I thought it was like like uh, like purchase per songs. I mean, it might be that way. I I got a package where. Oh, where, okay. So where pay- I can listen to pretty much anything. Like um, I like this band called um. They get in famous, right? Mm-hmm. They're not for everybody, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, but don't. That, that, but that, um. So, they just released their album literally about three weeks ago, and I could listen to the whole thing. Nice, but um. But yeah, but I'm trying to get it though. I could just do like you know uh, obscure ones too, like Earthquake or like, <laughs> or like I just recently listened to um. Oh, what was it? The Hockey Talk Man. Uh, it all it's all there. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 all, it's all there. It's like like so like I wonder if like uh, WCW is ever gonna like uh, could not uh, like you probably uh, have to search them. I wonder if you could search them and find them through there. I bet you YouTube. I mean, like everything's on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube saying, you like, can find all that stuff. Like a legal like a legal way to listen to this music. I think because it's so under the radar that people don't give a shit. You're like, probably right about that. You know, I could be mistaken, but I think like like nowadays like. You could get sued for if you put a Facebook Live video out there and you got a, an artist song in the background and you're playing it on the that video. Is you, crazy, you can I get know. sued. So that's why a lot of people like say at the beginning of their videos and you know I, I do not own the rights to this music, just playing it, etc. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. When I've produced some of these podcasts and post editing, I'll try and like add some background music to like stuff that like I don't own 
without saying like I do not own the copyrights to this song, etc. People still would. Um, I forget what the uh, YouTube videos. Um, I YouTube's pretty strict about that stuff. That, that, from what this I guy, heard, um, I forget what his name is. So it doesn't matter. I shouldn't be using it on your podcast anyway. But uh, a, a guy that does uh, like um, eating food. He, he like this guy eats like lots, lot, lot of food. Right. Mm-hmm. He has millions, millions of followers, including me. Right. He puts mm-hmm. it on YouTube. He had um, for like for background music. Yeah, like as like kind of like a montage video. He had I don't know, let's say Queen, right, mm-hmm. or Pearl Jam, whatever. And uh, they they heard it. Yeah, they sued him. How no much do you think for one video? But granted, but granted, granted that he does make money off the uh, off of these videos. But how much money you gets? You think he gets sued for for one video for one clip? Thirty seconds of that. Fifty thousand dollars. Yep, fifty grand. No dude. shit, really? Yeah, it was on the money. So so yeah so so you're right like like like, but granted let's just say you don't make money off it can they still sue you? Is it, is yeah, because you're using their music. I mean, the, you know, Metallica was the one that started all that. Yeah, with Napster. With, with Napster, like they were the one. I mean, and they're still to this day, like, I wouldn't say they're Nazis about it, but like when. Um, but Napster went over the top though. Yeah, if you would make a new album. And boom, it's already on Napster. Yeah, Napster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that opened the floodgates for like iTunes and all these other, you know, streaming services for music to to. I mean, it changed the game. Yeah, this, absolutely. This, this kid that created Napster changed the game. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he saw Nick Loft that one either. I, yeah, I don't think he did either. But I mean, Napster was shut down pretty quickly once Metallica won that, yeah. and Metallica, you know, is to this day they they're very protective of their music. Um, we think Napster would be in the game though, don't you? The like, uh, so I, I pay like I, like I pay Spotify ten dollars a month. Ten bucks a month. On, you think Napster would, would be like the first service for that? I don't know. I think Napster was forced to shut down because of the lawsuit. I think once Metallica won, Napster just had they had to walk away. I think this kid who created it had to walk away from it. But it, it but what it did was was it forced like iTunes was the next service to come out and say okay we want to do something like napster but we're going to charge you per song so it used to be like a dollar 99 or whatever yeah. for a song and then other groups limewire was one of those two where you can you know bootleg songs for a while um but uh yeah it was um it napster really changed the game and now um at least when it comes to like metallica for instance like on the wrestling front like they licensed a song to use as a part of the Boneyard match earlier this year with Undertaker and AJ Styles. And I remember watching it live on WrestleMania, and I was like, oh, wow, they used this Metallica song. It was pretty cool. It was a, I forget the name of the song. Yeah. But it was when like, Undertaker rode in on the bike, etc. And then um, it was, I think, like a month later. Did they change it? They changed it. Did they? Yeah. Like they're pretty, they're, they're they're you know. I was wondering about that. Yeah, so they they changed the song and it was like a generic song that like WWE had dubbed over it because they couldn't use it anymore. Yeah, um, I know it was the same thing for um, One Night Stand. Metallica did uh, let um, Sandman use that. Song oh yeah, for, for for one night. The story I heard was I think we talked about this before. Paul Heyman was the one that pushed Vince. Was like if you use Sandman, he's got to come out to enter Sandman. And they were like. You know how much that's going to cost? And they pushed and pushed and pushed. And they were like, all right, we'll do it. And they paid for it. I was like when CM Punk used to come out to Living Color. 
cult cult of personality. Yeah, they had to pay for that, you know, and they kept and that footage is still on. I don't know what kind of deal that they had with 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 the band, but well, they're they, watched up, so they're just like you. Could, you could probably have it. Yeah, they, they yeah, because you could still you know watch a punk match on the network, and if he had that music at that time, it's still there. I think it's the finish here. Boom! Ooh, that was a good one. That's it. Right here, Diamond Cutter. One, two, three. DDP, the new United States champion. I'm always a big this fan. This is probably the bright spot of the show here, Absolutely. at least so Bad far. Absolutely. night, for sure. So far. That, uh, I'm always a big fan, too, of title changes where, where the person that won the title wasn't even, even supposed to be in the match. I always like that story. Yeah. Like Kofi, of course, is the number one. Like, un- yeah, unexpectedly. Yeah. Like, yeah. They... The injury happened or something. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Kofi story was huge. Kind of makes it sad, though. Do you think the the payoff was to have Ali be the champion someday? I don't believe it was the payoff for him think to be so the champion. I, I think, think Kofi, Kofi, uh, if, if I'm Ali, I'm like totally sucks. I should have been my spot, but like I don't think the 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 payoff was Ali to win the champion. No, I don't think so. I think either. Kofi just. I think it was. I think it was one of those deals where he was going to come close. Yeah, like really, really close, and like you know that would have been like his moment. Like he gets up after WrestleMania and he's 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 leaving and everyone gives him a standing ovation the locker room's waiting there for him like hey man you know great job you you gave your heart out there but you just came up short sort of thing but i think because kofi was so popular new day was such a popular act that like they had to do it they yeah. like they knew it was so hot that they're like we have to pull the fucking trigger on that shit um so coming up next here is the the big match with eric bischoff and larry zabisco against or against each other Bret Hart's the guest referee. This is for control of Monday Nitro. If the if Bischoff wins, the NWO controls Monday Nitro. This was right before they debuted Thunder. So, all right. WCW was originally going to do the um, do the uh, the they were going to do like their own brand split, so to speak, their own draft, and they were going to NWO was going to have Nitro and WCW was going to have Thunder, and they were going to be two organizations competing against one another. Um, but uh, it didn't work out that way. Um, I know that Turner kind of forced WCW to produce Thunder, and they were like, "On what budget? We don't have a budget for Thunder." They were like, "Figure it out." And so um, they had to produce extra television, and then that's when they were getting more talent. And Bischoff has stated before that Bret Hart was going to be a big part of launching of Thunder um, and be like the the top guy. And I think this is him coming out right now. Let's hear his generic WCW music. Don't own the rights to this music. <laughs> get so they have the rights to the matches but they don't have the right to the, the music that's yeah because the music licensing is different you know but um what did you think of bret hart's role as the referee because i've got some i've got my own take on it what did you think of bret hart debuting in wcw as the referee actually you know what? before you do that let me play that eric bischoff theme song for you i think it's coming up now Oh, this isn't it. 
But I don't have the, the, the rights to it. They don't own the rights to it. Okay. You know what? I'll play it for you now, as a matter of fact. I might as well. I'll play it for you now. We've been playing theme songs all 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 watch along. Let's uh let's uh All right. Don't own the rights to this music, by the way. Once again. Yeah, that was his song. That was his theme song. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it fit him well. He just, he was a little prick and it just kind of made sense. The music just kind of fit well for him. But, um, all right. So back to, back to my original question. What was your take on Bret Hart debuting as a referee in this matchup at Starcade? Well, truth be told, that, uh, I thought back in, back in that, uh, back right now, my red take time machine what the ninety seven ninety eight that I thought he was a big crybaby the way the way the way the Montreal school job went down so talking about back then or yeah. now yeah so, so so okay my my original my 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 reaction to his whole WWE WCW stuff I said fuck him I don't give a shit what he does that uh we're wrestling I'll be like I'm a Viking fan so I cheer for my Vikings uh very much so but also cheer against the Packers equally, it would have been like the same way. Like, uh, like I have my favorite wrestler in WCW, and then who's my second favorite wrestler would be whoever was wrestling Bret Hart. But now, now looking back, everything Bret Hart has done in WCW, including tonight, underutilized big time. Well, no, I, I, I agree with you there. He, he wasn't used to his, to, to his potential. Like, he, he just wasn't. In this instance here, okay, this is over a month removed from the Montreal screw job, okay? The role of referee in an important match like this, with Nitro being on the line, and the fact that he was screwed by a referee, who knows m- more about unfair officiating than Bret Hart? A good point. You know what I mean? I felt from that aspect of the story, it made sense. Bret Hart and everyone else will tell you he should have debuted as the the you know in in a, in a singles match against somebody, whether it was the NWO or someone from WCW, and you can make a fair point there. But I think there was so much. All right, let's put it this way: there was so much going on in going into this event with Sting and Hogan that Bret Hart needed his own spotlight to debut in a match. But having him as a part of this Starcade show was like the cherry on top of the Sunday, okay? As the referee, me personally, okay? People might think that's crazy for me to say, but I, I just really feel like in that moment, at that time, it just made the most sense. He, a month prior, he gets screwed by Vince McMahon and the referee in real life. So why wouldn't you have a guy... Would- 
that 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 knows what it's like to be screwed as a as a competitor to be the guest referee to make sure that this important match gets called down the middle. Your logic makes perfect sense, but uh, what I hate about WCW booking is that they always copy and paste. But we all know what's going to happen next match. That 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 that. Uh, why wasn't he just a referee for, for for like the main event? Well, that's another point I wanted to bring up. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So, as we know, the finish of the main event, which is coming up after this, Bret Hart is involved. Okay. And they try to play off Montreal, where allegedly the referee commits a fast count. Okay? But when you watch the match, and you'll see it later, the referee's count looks pretty normal. Brett comes out. He tries to right that wrong. He is a licensed official for the evening in WCW. He resumes the match as the referee. Bing, bang, boom. Sting beats Hogan. He's the champion, okay? What's wrong with the main event? Actually, you know what? Let me, let me hold that thought as we get to the main event, okay? I'll, I'll talk about that as we're watching this, as we're, as we're watching that match. But I'm with you. You can make a strong case that if you're going to put Brett in the referee role, why didn't you put him in there with Sting and Hogan? It just makes no sense to me. But that's what that was... But I, I'll, I'll get I'll get to that. But that was when always we get there. WCW's mo. It was like one match ended this way, and then it ended three. Like 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 a Nitro can have three disqualifications in a row. It's, oh yeah, it's fucking nuts. Oh yeah. Well, look at look look at this show that we've watched. Okay, how many clean finishes has there been? Not many. Okay. Eddie Guerrero beat Malenko clean. It shouldn't Scott Hall be still still be selling his injuries from 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 the from the Giant. That pissed, that, you know me. He should. Well, yeah. what, what was that podcast with the pet peeves? That was one of them. The uh, continuity. Uh, yeah, that, that I. I forget what we did. That, we talked about yeah. The no selling. Oh, yeah. Me nuts. Like you're in a sixty-minute Iron Man match on on a Sunday. You got your need work over fifty-five minutes of it. Then you come back the next night. Nothing. Walking in like yeah. nothing happened. Yeah. Or you get thrown off the hell in the cell and you come out with like hardly a limp. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're out the next night so you can challenge the guy for a rematch after you yeah. just got thrown 20 feet off the top of the cage. like Because that makes a lot of sense. So originally, like I said, the original plan was um, WCW was approached by Turner and they wanted a show on TBS because of the success of Nitro on TNT. So they went to Bischoff and they said, you're going to produce a two-hour show. So, you know, that was how Thunder came about. And, um, but WCW was going to have to produce it under their budget and Turner was not going to help them with that. So they were pretty much forced to do Thunder. Even though Bischoff had said, I don't think it's a good idea. It's going to oversaturate the product. You know, we do two hours of on, on, on Mondays. Um, you know, now we're going to, you know, do an, an additional two hours. Actually, they were doing three hours at yeah, this point hours, on Monday. Yeah. They were doing three hours on Monday. So you're doing three hours on Monday. Now we're going to do two hours on Thursday. This just doesn't, it's not a good idea. They were like, we don't fucking care. So they put Thunder on. And, um... So then the idea was for 
them to do like a brand split of sorts and split up NWO on Nitro and Thunder would get WCW. But for whatever reason, they changed the thought process on that um, because because of the fact that they you know were were producing Thunder, um, and so yeah, there's a lot that goes into um, you know not just producing three hours of television, but now producing you know an additional two weekly, and so with the talent and they had they had they had the there was a lot of changes that needed to be made in order for them to successfully do it, and I don't think that they were ready by that point. Um, and then it just became like you know one show just congruent with the other, like the yeah. storylines flowed from Monday to Thursday, and um, that's tough to five hours. So what came first? That and it um, was not, and, and Thunder was in their budget, not Turner's, because Turner because Turner was producing, um, Turner was helping them with with production costs for Nitro, but they weren't paying the they weren't putting up the full bill. Thunder this time they were like this one's on you pal, and it's like Jesus Christ you know they were forced to do it and Bischoff has said on numerous occasions he didn't want to do it, um, so and what came first SmackDown or Thunder? Thunder did but SmackDown, SmackDown would go on Thursdays and they would fucking destroy Thunder. It was just it was a no brainer. Then they'd move Thunder to Wednesdays. Nobody cared. Um, Thunder wouldn't be live anymore. It'd be tape. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing too. Like, it had to be live. Nitro's live. Thunder's live. Producing live television is costly. All they, satellite fees and everything. They did that on the same day, five hours, just one shot. Um, t- towards the end. So towards so so towards the end. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in the audience. I would just it was fun. So towards the end, they had said to because. To save money and cut costs, um, they cut Nitro down to two hours instead of three, which was a godsend. Yeah. Even though it didn't matter at that point. And then Thunder used to be taped on Tuesday, would air on Wednesday. But then they thought, okay, save on travel, save on production costs. We'll just tape in the same arena and do a double taping. So they used to have four hours of wrestling. So it'd be Nitro would be live. Yeah. And then they would tape Thunder after Nitro went off the air. Oh, so you're telling me, dude? All right. That so, was in like 2000. So that was like you, towards the end. So me and you got tickets for this show. You got fucking four hours of wrestling. Two uh, shows. That's, that's what I, the four hours I can deal with. I really can't. But it's the timing. So Nitro's at... Eight uh, to ten. Eight to ten. Then you get and ten then, to midnight. Oh, with, dude, that's brutal. Yeah. And you gotta be. You gotta wake up at work tomorrow morning? Yeah. Oh, but that's the, brutal. The, the thing was, too, like, because... So if I remember correctly, the story I remember hearing was was when they started doing those double tapings towards the end to save money, people were leaving because the Thunder tapings were long, okay? So then they got to the point where instead of doing all the in-between stuff between the matches, like the pre-tapes and stuff, they would just film the in-ring content out in the audience. And then all the other stuff that was pre-taped, they would edit and post to make sure it got there on Wednesday. So Nitro would be live. You would have all your pre-tapes that took place on Nitro, the in-between stuff, the interviews, the vignettes, etc. They'd go off the air. They would record Thunder, and they would just record all the matches, and then if they did like a promo or a segment in the audience or in the ring in front of the audience. But they wouldn't show any of that shit on the screen backstage because that was taking up too much time. And then 
But that stuff would all be pre-taped before they would... But that stuff would all be pre-taped before they recorded Thunder so that they could have fans stay. So those Thunder tapings used to probably be... They used to be originally two hours and it came out to like... Maybe they would shave a half hour off with all that so, other shit. So you're leaving at 11.30. 11 30 12 o'clock oh, give or fun. take traffic it wasn't like there was that many people in the building still ten thousand people ten thousand if they got ten thousand people sometimes those those crowds would get like you know a thousand two three at most no way really oh Did yeah those really nitro crowds bad? towards the end used to be bad they tarp off half the arena darken they dim the lights so they would go to like these these bigger bigger arenas, buildings right? yeah they would go to these huge buildings so this starcade here right it's the first time that starcade ran dc okay this was like the new this building was new at the time in 97 yeah. this is where the, the the wizards and the, the capitals play hockey um nice shot by zabisco um and this is sold out you can't fucking find a seat right following year 98 it's headlined by nash and goldberg that's probably sold out too okay 99 was when Russo was booking. It was headlined by Bretton Goldberg. Not the um That was a nice uh, little slip there with with the the, the metal thing in his yeah. foot. Um ninety nine, uh Bretton Goldberg, I would say they were probably about half full. Two thousand, which was the last arcade they ever did on pay per view, I think they only had like four or five thousand people. In, a, in that building. In that exact building. I'm going to look that shit up right now. Starcade 2000. Let's see. That many see. people. you, you got to figure this is a 30,000 people arena, don't you think? It's like a 20, yeah. Oh, here we go. Now we see Brett's true colors. He's not in WO. 6,596. How much is it? 6,596 uh, people were, were at Starcade 2000. In, in, in a 20,000 20, yeah, seat arena. That's that good. Starcade 99, actually they had 8,000 people. 8,582. This is one year later. This is 99. Okay. So, 98, 16,066 people. Let's see what the attendance was at this. 17,500. Even though J.J. Dillon said 24,000 people earlier. <laughs> but, um, you get my drift. Yeah, that's, that's still pretty good. I mean, 7,000 people, that's a lot. Yeah. But it looks sold out. I don't know. Oh, this is here. This is sold out. Yeah. 17,000 people. And this is a fucked up finish here. So, Brett basically beats Bischoff up, beats up Scott Hall. He's the referee. There were questions about his allegiance going into the match, if he was NWO, if he wasn't. Um, and Brett just raises Abisco's hand That's as it. the winner. That's it. No no, no pinfall. No. Yeah. He's but, the winner. But Big Show, he wasn't kicking out of whatever just happened to him. Yeah. He got choked out or something? He choked him out, but like Brett just went over and raised his hand. That was it. Talk about a a, a fuck finish. Yeah. You know? Gets Bishop when it looks strong or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this is... uh. Yeah, this, I mean, I was anticipating this match. I was looking forward to it because, you know, Bischoff got good heat and Sabisco was, you know, the, the 
you know, the old vet that was coming out of retirement to 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 save Nitro or whatever, and I just thought the finish was Yeah, it was pretty shitty. Yeah. Like it just didn't make sense to me. Oh, here's the highlights. A suplex. Boom. <laughs> Scott Hall reaching down into his junk. Yep. To grab that uh He's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here now? I don't know what now? the fuck is that is, but... I don't know, you said it was like a metal... And it literally... Boom, flew right out of oh, Bishop's right. boot. You're right. Just flew out of there. Brett, yeah. That's becoming of an official. Well, maybe we saw the metal thing go flying out. Yeah. And like Scott Hawley's like, I'm gonna get you... Boom. I mean, this wasn't bad. Like, the crowd really wanted to see it because they didn't want to see another WWF guy join the NWO. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah Brett making him tap in the sharpshooter. Raising Larry Zabisco's hand. Minor technical difficulty here. We are at 2 hours, 18 minutes, and 38 seconds. 39, 40, 41. Got about 20 minutes or so left in this... Uh, this uh, this watch along here. Uh, so for those of you that have been watching along with us, we appreciate it. Um, apologize that my computer is being an asshole like the rest of 2020 has been uh, with these difficulties. Sometimes it can be a pain in the butt when I'm doing these watch alongs and all of a sudden this shit happens. But um, it's main event time. Here we go. The culmination. Now let's, let's listen to Michael Buffer here. I'm going to track the audio here. The evening sanctioned by the Washington, D.C. Athletic Commission and the WCW. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, from the capital city of the United States of America, Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! They're standing everywhere, and the lights down for the biggest moment ever. So, interesting, we were talking about music earlier. You remember when Hogan used to come out to Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child? Yeah. Okay? He came out to it originally at this show, but they can't use it. So they they dub over the NWO music, which obviously it makes sense because they yeah. were NWO. But yeah, but even that's Jimi Hendrix. That's not Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, that. that, that well, that, it's that, it's that, a knockoff, that, but that, it's not Jimi Hendrix didn't write and produce that that's song. True. Like that, that's just a knockoff. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's a full song. Yeah, it's a, yeah. You're. I didn't understand it. For, yeah. Yeah, the original was you know, Jimi Hendrix. Here, I'll fucking play it right now. Another song I don't own the rights to. Um, Voodoo Child's a great song. 
photo child. I think it's like a fucking eight minute song. I could be mistaken. not it. That's not it at all. What the fuck? Give me the fucking... Maybe I'll just type in Hollywood... Hollywood Hogan voodoo child. Yeah, here we go. I used to love this song, man. When they used to open Nitro with this shit. Woo! Like a Sting Laser Light show here. Pretty good. You get the gist. But yeah, Hogan used to come out to that. I used to love that song, man. I didn't know who Jimi Hendrix was until that fucking oh, song come came. On. I was young. I was fucking 13 years old. I mean, actually, no, I, I, I lied. I, I think I knew who they were. He was, I should say. I think so. But this is, uh, this is Sting's big return. Yeah. They do. Sting uh, with that Kevin Nash in that light show. Yeah. Let's play the audio for that. This was it. I like the entrance. I just hate the music. The music's terrible. I used to like the music. It's like you're watching. I don't know. It's kind of like the break where it's like you know the Smurfs, like do 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 do. You know, it's like the Gargamel break. <laughs> this is hit the lightning and everything. I don't know. I thought it was too corny for me. I liked it. It made sense with the story. I thought it was cool. So, uh, 
All right, let, let, let's get into the nuts and bolts, you know, when it comes to this and why this is a 2020 pay-per-view. And it's this it's this match and the payoff from this when you think about it, okay? There's a lot of different things that you need to factor into here, okay? I have heard that the original finish was Sting was going to fucking wipe the floor with Hogan, okay? But when Sting showed up to the pay-per-view, Hogan noticed... He wasn't in the best shape. He actually was smaller. Looked like he like shrunk. And I think also too, for if I remember correctly, I think Sting had some personal stuff going on in his life. And Hogan was concerned about doing the honors, so to speak. And how they were going to move forward with this. Because if you look, you see Sting there. Like He looks like he's smaller there. Why? A little bit. A little you know? Bit. But did Hogan actually think that he was he should win the match now? It's too Hogan, late. So they, Ho- they, 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 they went way too far for that to happen. Hogan, it was the day of. According to Eric Bischoff on 83 Weeks, he said that Hogan came up to him and said, we got a little bit of an issue here. And they just felt like Sting didn't prepare physically for this like and also to what he had going on in his personal life i guess it might have been well known that there was some stuff going on in his personal life um i don't know if it was something with his marriage or what have you but they all realized it wasn't a good idea and i guess sting was kind of against the idea of of not winning in the manner that he won okay so they come up with this compromise here of the referee fast count and um, and uh, Bret Hart getting involved so that Hogan loses controversially and therefore that it could set up a rematch. So the, the story I've heard also was that Bischoff went to Nick Patrick and instructed Nick Patrick to do the fast count finish so that they can set up the 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 reversal of the decision and Sting wins and then that's how they do the whole rematch thing. The, the the rumor out there amongst all the Hogan critics was that when Hogan got into the ring first and talked to Nick Patrick, he told him not to do the fast count and to count like normal. And that's how we got that. That's what the Hogan critics think, okay? I'm up and down about it. So what, do, what do you think? Obviously, there there was something. As much as I like Hogan, I think Hogan did. I, I I think. I think Hogan. Uh, Bischoff claims Hogan didn't do it, and that there was issues with the creative. And if I'm Sting, you're hearing this. One. Two. Will you just kick out? There's so much mystery that. that to me, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I th- I think Hogan had a part in it. And why didn't why didn't Patrick uh, fast count? So Patrick claims that so according to Bischoff, Patrick claims he forgot. He forgot the finish, and just did the normal three count. Could you think they would have gone over that a million times? You would think it's the it's the finish. You can, You're the fucking referee. You would and, think it's the finish. And and 
So that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the idea that Hogan did say to him in the ring before Sting came out, you know, change of plan. Normal normal count for the finish. Not a fast count. I just don't get it. Why, why would Hogan say that? So, so he can look strong or something? I guess. Maybe he wants to, to fuck over... I don't think he wanted to fuck over Sting, but I think I think he was concerned that, like, because of Sting's physical appearance and where he was mentally... I- how do you think that it wasn't that it that it wasn't the right, it wasn't the smartest idea to to for Sting to because I think too the big thing was was that like they saw Sting and they were like wait a minute like you've had eighteen you've had sixteen months to train for this and this is how you look that's a good point Sting looks, Sting argues that Sting he look awful Sting has never come out no he doesn't look awful but yeah he doesn't look like he's covered up. He doesn't look like 89. There's no reason to cover him up there. He doesn't look like 1989 Sting, that's for sure. No, he doesn't. He doesn't... He, he. There's no reason to cover him up there. At least in my opinion. Now, here's another theory of mine here. Or not theory, but here's another... My opinion on this match. Okay? This match was such a big match. Okay? The buildup was huge. Getting Sting and Hogan together for this match that this match should have been something that like held in the cage so you could have a clear cut decisive winner okay i mentioned it earlier you or you mentioned it earlier why didn't they have brett referee this match okay if i were writing the book okay and i hate to do that because every wrestling podcast does that but if i had the pencil if i was the booker I would have booked Hogan and Sting in Starcade in a cage. Brett's the outside gatekeeper to make sure that the NWO does not get involved, even if it's a cage match. Yeah. And well, you have a clear cut winner there. But a lot of these these cage matches, they still have like pinfalls. They could still do a whatever, you know? Well, you have a referee inside. Yeah. That's going to be the one to make the deciding fin- pinfall. But Bret Hart is the outside enforcer. To make sure that the NWO does not try to get involved. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to know what's, what went what went through Hogan's brain. Just I don't. I don't he get he it. he saw Sting how he looked. He was like, "This isn't gonna look good." If he's gonna look at Hogan, Hogan's tan. He's in phenomenal shape. He's jacked. Okay, you look at Sting. He's covered up. Sting. I'm sorry, but like. Sting looks like I don't know. I just, he does not look comparable and comparable in size to Hogan. So you think Hogan went, went to management and was like, "I got to win tonight." I think Hogan went. I think Hogan went to Bischoff and went, you know, and said, "There's something wrong here. We we can't do this. Look at him." And Sting, Sting, has, Sting has not come out right and said that this is the reasons why he didn't win the title. He has just basically, like, broadly said there's there was some political issues with with the finish of the match. He's never gone out right and said, you know, I don't, you know, Hogan didn't want to beat me because I was too small. Or Hogan didn't want me to beat him because I was too small and I had stuff going on. Like... It wasn't that case. I like mean, at least Sting, Sting, Sting has never come out right and said that. I mean, Hogan kind of has a point, but like, are right, you're, you're you're the Rock, 
right? You're jacked. You have muscles over muscles. Mm-hmm. And you're told you're supposed to drop the title to Mankind, who who is just 80% donut. And it's like, it's like, come on, dude. In real life, what happens? They, they went fist to fist. You know what I mean? But remember when he first dropped the title? Who got involved? Oh, right. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Interesting. Think about it. Interesting rebuttal you said there. Yeah. And it took a forklift to beat him in the... And the, it took a forklift to beat him at halftime yeah. heat. You know? So, to me, if what Bischoff and Hogan are saying is true, that Sting just wasn't mentally there, physically he did not look good, and they felt like it wasn't the best idea to do the finish that night, this is what we got. Now, I don't know if that goes along with Hogan underhandingly going to Nick Patrick and saying, don't do the fast count finish, do the regular count finish. But Bischoff has also said the same time that he doesn't believe Hogan said that. And Patrick told him he forgot about the finish. So I don't believe that at all. I you, the, the, those, those refs, they go over. I, I just don't believe that. And all the testimony... That, that that potentially was said and done, whatever. Nick Patrick is the one I think I call bullshit the most. So you think he you you think he was instructed? Do you think he was instructed by Hogan to do the the the, the regular count Somebody. instead of the fast count? Or, or maybe 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 Hogan went up to him and goes, "Do hey, that uh, do the count. Sting is gonna kick out or something. I don't know." Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But that that that's been the big that's been the big. Uh, I, just, I don't believe that the the person that controls like seriously like, like the well being of these wrestlers it's the referee. I just don't believe uh, like um, the Montreal Screwdrop the uh, Screwdrop for example. He had to be in, in on it the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was the, in on it. That uh, he left the ring <laughs> after the bell rang. He ran, got in the car, and left. That uh, so I yeah Nick Patrick knew. But here here's here's also here's also what what I questioned too about this match. Okay, was Bret Hart originally supposed to be a part of the finish for this match? Was he supposed to have a hand in before they come up with this before they come up with the fast count finish? Was Bret originally intended to be a part of this match? Well, probably because then uh, so Nick Patrick shows the true colors. And then we need... But even before they came up with the fast count finish. If it was supposed to be Sting beating Hogan clean at Starcade. Oh, good point. Was Brett supposed to be a part of that? Probably not. Okay. So then they do this fast count finish. And I remember watching this. uh, Justin was with me. You know, all of us, all us Rosenbluth boys were watching it. And when Brett comes out and you'll see it, he's like, you know, that was a fast count. He's like slapping his hands. Like, we all were like, fast count. That looked... I mean, we were excited to see Brett. Boy, fast count, like that. That looked pretty damn solid to me. You know, look at Hogan; he's just manhandling Sting here. Yeah, it's almost the fast count finishes. What two, three minutes away from right? It's it's it it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah, we're a few minutes away from it. Then, uh, yeah, it's almost like Sting jo- jobbed out to Hogan. <laughs> So then, so then, so then, so then, listen to this. So they do the finish, okay? 
Then the next night on Nitro, they do a rematch with Hogan and Sting for the title. I just paid 30 bucks. Now I got to watch the fucking rematch for free? What happened then? Macho Man got involved. So everyone got involved. NW. Oh, here it is. This is it. That looks pretty solid to me. And here's Brett. Okay? Here's Brett. You're not ringing the bell. Let's play the audio for this. Bet he knows how to take a bump. I gave him that. He did. That should be a disqualification. Yep. I forgot about that part. They're clear of the ring now. Red Hart. Again. Sting splash out to the top. Can he put it on him? Can he put it on him, guys? Here it comes. Sting is going to bring back the Scorpion Deathlock. Pointing at Bret Hart. Trying to get him over. Can he get him turned? There it is. So, this is what we got, okay? Now, granted, this moment is cool. Everyone popped. But, the it just, it, 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 the finish kind of like, it fucked it up. It was just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They kick out, though? He didn't kick out. Hogan had the tights. Referee counted, at least in my opinion, like he should have. So, the question remains, did Hogan tell him to do a normal count, or did he fuck up the finish because he forgot? I'm kind of leaning towards Hogan told him to do a normal count because of the appearance of Sting and his mental capacity. and So, basically, what follows from here, they do a rematch on Nitro. Everyone and their mother gets involved, right? I remember that night, watching that Nitro the next night. Everyone got involved. NWO, WCW was a big fucking pull apart. Then the debut episode of Thunder happens a week later. And that's when they strip Sting of the belt. And they decide that they're going to do a rematch with Sting and Hogan in February at Super Brawl for the vacant title. And that was the end of that. And then Sting won it. (laughs) So you did all of that just so that Sting could fucking win again. Yeah. Yeah. But after the finish like that, though, they had to, yeah. They yeah, well, they 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 had to do something. But if their if their payoff was all right, we don't want 
we don't want Sting or Hogan have the title. We want we want Macho Man to have it, and then like have the vacant have like a WrestleMania four like a tournament, shit. yeah, or battle royale or something. I don't know. Well, they went with the the finish with those two guys because those were the the last two guys in the I match. Still get, why can't Hogan just be a fucking man and just uh, put people over like like that battle royale we saw the, that shit battle royale the, the World War Three when yeah, he I went under the ring. Yeah, I went under the ropes. I didn't lose. Yeah, Hogan, you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry. He's a piece of shit. I mean, it, it's... I'm not sorry about it. Actually, <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Yeah, it was. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Forever. Uh... Picked this event. Um, this was definitely worthy of 2020. You could, you know, who you could thank for that. My brother. This was this was Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, all of you that listened and watched with us uh, don't tell us to go fuck ourselves. I thought we would end 2020 exactly the way 2020 was depicted yeah very um, long very long and 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 painful and a couple we, of good things here and there but yeah not much. but yeah there was no consistency when it came to the positives of 2020 and that could be said for this pay-per-view wcw starcade 1997 uh, hopefully you all have enjoyed this december month of uh of uh this bundle of of shows that i got binged for you here and uh 2021 gonna keep rocking kicking out it to personally dennis i just want to thank you for the last several months uh you know hanging with me and doing all these shows with a lot me. of fun i'm a rest uh, well i used to be a server bartender so i got nothing else to but do. you know what though man like I, I greatly appreciate it like your time and, and, and doing all these with me and you know and helping me keep my hobby going i greatly appreciate it so you know i look forward to doing many more of these with you for 2021 absolutely man yeah you know january you know royal rumble coming up and hopefully if we you know if our world gets back to normal maybe we'll have a wrestlemania with somewhat normalcy hey, with, with with people and somehow it they and, can like do it at an outdoor stadium they can have people yeah, like there so the, the talk is possibly tampa um you know we'll, we'll get it this time for real because florida is going to have full capacity um as of october uh, they they had said full capacity for sporting events, but we'll see. Yeah. So uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, I'll keep on you know rocking with you guys, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, my my with my new schedule, with my new job, and my personal you know stuff going on, that um, you know I'll be able to keep up with uh, you know f- fulfilling the needs of the kicking out of two crew. So with uh, with that piece, with that being said, it's goodbye 2020, and we'll see you all in 2021.